0: Morning, welcome to Friday morning. As we uh, beamed you live from Leicester Square, I can honestly tell you this morning's programme is going to be somewhat different. Somewhat, I can't explain exactly why it will be somewhat different. I can just tell you that we had a slight shock at the beginning of the programme. Sometimes things put you off, sometimes things don't put you off. So we've had to draw the blinds down. We've dimmed the lights down to a suitable 25 watts, so we all look particularly attractive. Because, you know, we're in the business of uh, nobody is good-looking in radio. And I, I hold my hands up and, and can tell you quite honestly that if you look at the pictures on the LBC website, I'm quite categorically I'm not the best-looking person in radio, but at least I've got longevity and I'm cheap. You see, and I like the idea, if you're cheap and you've got longevity, it means you can sit here till the cows come home. Because as long as you sound young, and I discovered the secret of not sounding old is to stop smoking ten years before you think your career's due to finish. Because if you stop then, eventually your voice goes back to normal. Whereas before, I can spot smoke as a mile off. You go out on the street, you go, hello, Steve, and you think, I bet you smoke. And I can look at people's faces, and especially men. Men are the one who line up quicker. So if you've actually, some people grow a little beard. Some people grow a little beard to sort of cover, maybe it's spots, maybe it's acne, who knows. You know, it may be to make them look butcher. We don't know why people do it, they just do it. And sometimes it suits people, and then you think to yourself, what would you look like if we shaved it off? And there's many, I've seen people in this building, we've got a couple of guys here who can grow beards, some of the women too, in literally a day. I mean, seriously, I mean, it's, it's, there are some seriously hairy people about at the moment. Now, most men that I've bumped into recently, I've read the newspapers and they've decided that to wax and to get rid of the hair, because nobody likes hair, but on the other hand, nobody wants to go to bed with a Brillo pad. So you've got to be extremely careful if you decide to wax and sort of take off the the hair. And I I will hold my hands up, I do have a tube of VEAT at home. In fact, I know somebody who works on another radio station in this very but we always call them our sister stations, Many because there's probably a lot of women working there. We don't call them any other reason. You know, that's the only reason you call it. It's our sister station. So, you know, Classic becomes our sister station. Capital becomes our sister station. Mind you, that, that figures really. And so then yesterday morning, yesterday morning after the party, when the place was littered with bodies, we had people all over there. I kid you not. There were people staggering around going, oh, I feel awful. I didn't go. I didn't go. I'm, I'm of that age now where I'm, I'm quite happy to sit at home with a small lucasade, you know, and a little mince pie from Martins and Spencer, and i watch the telly. I go to bed early, I wake up, I don't have the hangover. I have had hangovers in the past, and I should imagine there's probably a fair number of you, as we're into the party season, who are having hangovers at the moment. And you're probably thinking, I wish I'd never done that. Because what you do, in this building, we're very lucky, because we have a lovely shower there was a really great shower halfway down the building, which I discovered about three weeks ago. And it's got a hairdryer and everything. I mean, it's just fantastic. It's really, really nice. But the only thing it doesn't have is towels. And nobody carries towels with them. You know, most people have got a small handkerchief, but they a hairdryer in there, so you can dry yourself with the hairdryer. I have been known to dry my entire body with a hairdryer. It's, it's not an appealing thought, I realise, and you're probably visualising this sort of person, roughly akin to Mr Blobby, standing there, because naked... Most of us do not look good. Years ago, I looked good naked. I would go to the swimming pool, I'd wear me little speedos. You know, I'd jump in, I'd dive in out. I was like a gazelle in the water. A gazelle. A gazelle strapped to a concrete block. I would get in and would sink straight to the bottom. Because I can only swim on my back. And I was mentioning this to Joan Collins only a short while ago. And I said, the funny thing is that I can... Oh, why her? I've got no... It could have been anybody. But I just happened to mention the fact that I cannot swim on my tummy. I can only swim on my back with one of those little blocks clamped between my teeth, because I was always in the relay race, but I was always first one in. Sorry, fourth one in. So the first one was sort of dive it, and I can't dive. I jump, and I make a lot of splashing, being the size I am, but I can only swim on my back, and I do look a bit like a frog that's about to enter some sort of sad quasi-race all by himself. So I do that, but I, but I can't wear the speedos. I can't do the speedos anymore. For some reason, there's a bit of a veranda over the toy shop and it's not happening. And it doesn't, it just doesn't look right. There are certain looks. If, you, if you're a Russian weightlifter, speedos look good. If you're Steve Allen in the early hours of the morning, you know, thinking, I wish I could wear speedos. I have been buying pants based on the strength of the picture on the front. So for years, I deluded myself that I looked like a Calvin Klein model which I don't, whether I was wearing Calvin Klein. I didn't believe Calvin Klein ever designed these pants at all. But I quite liked them. I thought white pants were the thing to do. When you're young, you have little air pants, and you stand in front of your mummy, and she tucks your vest into your pants, and then pulls them right up, so your voice goes up two octaves. And I remember explaining to my mother at the time, I had no interest in being an opera singer, but I was quite happy to go to school with my little vest tucked into my pants. So when you bent over, people could see your pants. You see it in old people now. A lot of elderly people tuck their vest into their pants. I don't. I don't wear a vest anymore. I've been one of those lucky people who doesn't have to wear a vest anymore. I have inner heat. It's called blubber. And it's here, it surrounds my body, and I'm great. I mean, I make the best of what I've got. What I'm saying is, coming up to Christmas, you're all going to put on a stone or two. I was saying this to Natalie Cassidy only the other day. I said, God knows, woman, you are going to put on a load of weight over Christmas. You'll lose it for the DVD, and then over Christmas, you'll trough... And you'll be as big as a whale next year. And then, you know, you go through next year moaning about how... Because if you're carrying a bit of weight, it's not great. There is a person in this building. I don't want to say who it is. You know, because every time I see them... And I've mentioned them on on the programme before. They're slim. They're very lucky. Perhaps they don't eat very much. Perhaps they've got that kind of metabolism that means they don't convert... I only have to look at cream cakes and I convert them into fat on my body. And it's, it's... And as you get a bit older and hitching... You know, I mean, now I'm sort of touching 42... Around the waist. And it's it's the kind of thing that I worry about. You know, can it get worse? The answer is probably. Will it for Natalie Cassidy? Absolutely. Will there be a lot of other people in the papers this year who we'll be able to pick on? Absolutely. Uh, I wish that they would leave poor old Kate alone. I mean, you know, she's she's been through the sickness and everything. It can't be much fun, you know. So, Howie... <laughs> It's not much fun, is it? Every five seconds, the poor girl's throwing up. That's not much fun. But she came up and said, leave her alone now. Just leave her alone for a little bit. Louis Walsh has done a very interesting interview in one of the papers today where he describes him and Simon Cowell as two old queens. Which is unfair, because Simon's not old. He's not old. Louis Walsh is, is in the... It's a very interesting interview, and this, this stems from when he sued the son over the story that he'd groped this bloke in a, in a toilet who was a wannabe. And quite clearly, Louis wants to get this off his chest... He's got it off his chest. He feels a bit better about it. But he said, strangely, in The X Factor, Simon has not mentioned Chris Maloney. He's not talked about him at all, which means I think this year it's going to be between... Yes, no, he not on the phone to Louis Walsh. He hasn't. Louis Walsh said he he was on the phone the other day talking about the bloke with a very high falsetto voice. And and he didn't mention Christopher Maloney because he doesn't want him to win. He's already said that if he wins The X Factor it's going to be an absolute disaster and a sham. So he's urged people not to vote for Christopher Maloney. I mean, I base it on looks. I base it on looks. I don't... But I couldn't care less whether they can sing or not. It makes no difference to me. They all end up in this building for five seconds. Oh, the good news is... I knew there was good news about Cheryl Cole. She's not going to carry on with her solo career. Oh, there is a God. Thank you so much indeed. Thank you. Thank you, baby Jesus, for that one. The reason Cheryl has said in the paper today she's not going to carry on with her solo career is... She's going to continue with Girls Aloud. So she's going to concentrate on the band's music. Which, to be honest with you, better to fall back on Three and a Drunk than to actually fall back on Nobody at all, apart from Trey. And, you know, Trey is a dancer. Dancers have no money. And you know she's a fighter because she's going to fight, fight, fight for, fight for this, whatever it is she fights for. And uh, it's because you're worth it. So there you go. Well, you're all worth it apart from Sarah Harding. Sarah Harding isn't quite worth it, but she's still forging ahead in her misguided, sad little world, in a solo career. Because apparently underneath, re- I mean, when I say underneath in Sarah Harding, I really mean underneath, she's a rock chick. She's, that's what she told us. she's a rock chick. I don't see it as a rock chick. You see rock No, I don't see rock chick. I see people like Susie Quattro as a rock chick. An, an old rock chick, admittedly. But there are lots of other people. who were, Joan Jett would be a rock chick. Debbie Harry could be considered a rock chick. Sarah Harding... I don't see that at all. I really don't. It's like James Arthur. You know, before you get your, your tattoos done, James, try marking them out on a piece of paper to see what they're going to look like on your arm. OK, because at the moment, as Frankie Boyle says, it doesn't look good. You got any tattoos anywhere you want to show me? Soon? Now? Maybe today? I'll pay? You know, that kind of thing. You have got... Have you got a tattoo? You haven't. Have you really? So I'm just asking, we have, we have a sort of guest in the shit? somebody watching. Have you really got a tattoo? Have you really? I don't have any tattoos. This is getting better by the minute. This. If only we were on camera. If only we were on camera. We are. Oh, we are on camera. Great. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. Good lord. This this actually gets better by the minute. Nobody's ever. Sh- oh my goodness. Two tattoos. What does that one? Oh, you can't tell me what that one says, can you? You can't tell. So, you can't tell me what it says. That is fantastic. Well, I think we need to take a short break, ladies and gentlemen. It's gone all hot all of a sudden. It's one of those mornings. Friday morning in LBC. In LBC. Friday morning at LBC in Leicester Square. It's Steve Allen's early breakfast. And a quick time check now. It's uh, th- 13 minutes past four. LBC E. Morning! <laughs> I wish I could tell you about the last 15 minutes of the programme. I wish I could tell you who was sitting in the studio. Well, actually, I'm, I'm not going to tell you who was sitting in the studio with us on the programme, but let's just say he works for one of our sister stations, and, uh, and he's really nice. He's a really, really nice person. Very, very nice person. That's all i tell you. Just a very, very nice person. Like everybody, coming up to Christmas, I love everybody. Well, I don't love a lot of celebrities, but I like a lot of other people. I like people in the business. You know, I, I think it's necessary. Nick Ferrari this morning, former soldiers going to be sent into classrooms to instil discipline and raise results among troubled youngsters. Nick will be talking to General Lord Richard Dannat, who's former chief of the general staff, and asking, should this be rolled out to mainstream schools, plus the latest on the arrest of PR guru Max Clifford? Nick talking to the Aussie, who was stabbed protecting women in a bus attack and has now been told to leave the UK. And we'll have a full review of the day's papers with Rupert Gavin, who's the CEO of Odeon Cinemas. So Rupert Gavin will be in. All of that and more with Nick Ferrari. Anyway, I trust you well this morning. I trust you are good. I was as surprised as anybody else to see... Max. Um, uh, uh, we were, I was having my hair cut. No, I wasn't having my hair cut, actually. What was I doing yesterday? Oh, that's right. I was sitting there chatting to Michael, the hairdresser, because we had rugby yesterday. It was. I think it was Varsity Match. I think it was Oxford-Cambridge. And it was, uh, it was a reasonably busy day. And so we were chatting, and he said... He phoned me, and he said, it's just come up on the news that a 60-year-old man is being questioned uh, in relation to uh, sexual activity. And it's a 60-year-old man from Surrey. And he came up with a name, and I said, no, that person doesn't live in Surrey, they live out of London. Because, you know, you do play this game. You play this game, because every time somebody else's name pops up, you, um, you you look through the papers, or you go to the internet to see if it's on there, and nine out of ten times it's on there, before you can even shake a stick at the blooming thing. And then some, I said, oh, well, if, if we find it, I thought no more about it. I wasn't... To be honest, I really wasn't that bothered. I thought, we've had the Duchess on the front pages of the papers. I'm more concerned about her and her bunch of yellow flowers and the press leaving her alone than I am about anybody else to do with the with the Jimmy Savile thing or anything like that. Because it's, it's almost becoming like, who could you not put on the front pages? The answer is every single person. Every single one of you who has ever been out to a nightclub, a pub, a bar or a party and picked somebody up for the purposes of shenanigans and you've not asked their age, it could come back and haunt you. Because... Do you imagine? You go to a party, you see somebody, they've had a few drinks, they become very friendly, blah, 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 blah. You go back, you have a bit of hours, your father, a bit of ladies and gentlemen, and then years later they go, I was only 14, and you go, what? It could happen to any single one of you. It can come back and bite you on the ankles, because you don't ask somebody's age. How many times have you asked somebody's age in anywhere? Mandy Smith was in Stringfellows when she was 13. 13 But she was, like, six foot. She was... But again, it doesn't make it okay. So, even if they go, it was consensual. I mean, I know somebody... I can't tell you... I can't identify this person. But it's a person who's done a lot of very good work for charity. And they have an award. They have one of those OBE, MBE kind of things. Okay? But from the age of 14, they were sleeping around. Okay? Okay? and they've slept with a lot of very famous people. I can't I can't identify who. I could name, you know, two people off the top of my head who are very, very famous, who both slept with this girl. She wouldn't testify against them. If it came out, if somebody, one of her friends, went to a newspaper and said, this person here, who you now know as butter wouldn't melt, but I'm telling you, when she was 14 and 15, she was having sex with these people who were coming round and visiting her because she shared a flat with with somebody and uh, can't identify too much more about it, but they were coming around and they were having sexual relations with her. Now, this would destroy these other two people if it came out, because it's not the fact that she was consenting to having sex, it's the fact that she was underage. If you force your attentions on somebody, that's even worse. Even worse. So you've got somebody in one of the papers today, he's uh, he's the son of of a military man, And there was a party at the house, 200 guests, there was a string quartet. Why that makes it different, I've got no idea, but they say there was a string quartet, as opposed to, I suppose, a DJ and people smoking marijuana in the corner. And they said that he forced his attentions on this girl. He said, do you want to come down to this quiet part of these... So they they went down there. He's in court on a rape charge. Because he held his hand over her mouth and forcibly had sex with her. And the family are going, oh... It's, it's impossible you could but can you all examine your lives and go back and say that every person you ever met every person you ever picked up you asked their age and the chances are you didn't you never asked. why would you ever ask somebody if somebody looks old enough they are old enough when I first came up to London I was uh, I auditioned in a club in Richmond called the castle now I'd never worked in a nightclub before. It was big, it was vast. I mean, it held, you know, over 2,000 people. It was huge, this place. And I auditioned with a couple of friends of mine, and I got the job, which I was very lucky with. So I used to commute backwards and forwards from Berkshire, up and do Friday and Saturday night in London at the castle in Richmond. I didn't think I was particularly good, but I was obviously better than the bloke I auditioned with, because he was one of our local top DJs in and around Berkshire. He didn't get the gig, I got the gig. So I was just lucky, just lucky. There was no reason behind it, no rhyme nor reason as to why I got the gig. Anyway, on the first night that I was there, I was befriended by one of the go-go dancers, Diane. And her and her friend, Angela, were go-go dancing at the castle. Now, to me, they looked about 25, 30, because they were go-go dancing in sparkly bikinis, which is what we had. And they would do so many dances, they'd then go and sit off in a corner and have a drink and a cigarette in the days when you could smoke in a nightclub. And I went back to them because I didn't I, I didn't uh, drive home on the first night. I went and stayed in uh, King's Road in a place called Dasker House, which is a little block of flats. I never knew how old they were. They were 17. I never knew how old they were because I never asked. You never ask people. You just look at somebody and you assume if they're in a nightclub, they're old enough. Because most kids nowadays have got fake ID. You turn up to a nightclub and they go, there's the ID. And you can print it off on the internet. It means nothing. So you have to rely, if you're a if you're a Republican, on your bar staff being able to identify somebody who is underage, and it's blooming difficult, because girls of fourteen and fifteen now look eighteen. They're wearing big heels. They're you know they're they're strutting around. They've got all the gear on. They've got the makeup. They've learned how to do their hair. They can do everything like that. So they look older. People look older. So when you went to a party years ago and you picked somebody up, you didn't ask their age because you just we've, it never even crossed your mind. I don't think anybody ever thought, you know, are they over the age of consent? I don't think anybody ever would have thought that. But what you can't do is go back now if you were over the age of consent, and if you did have sex with somebody and go, actually, um, I didn't enjoy that sex that I had 40 years ago, and so I'm going to go to the police. That you can't do, because the police go, well, That's ridiculous. Just because, you know, you're thinking there's a bit of money in the offing, which there won't be in 95% of these cases. In all the cases that have come before the police, it's going to take something to prove them all. They don't have the man hours. They don't have the, the personnel. They don't have the people to deal with everything. They really don't have anything like that. They're, they're, they're woefully undermanned at the moment. And all this just adds more and more and more and more paperwork. Max Clifford, I think, was questioned for something like 12 hours. So 12 hours? What is that, A shift? 12 what do they say? What can you remember of 40 years ago? It's called a historical crime, if it goes back a long, long way. So what, I mean, I don't know what it is. I just know that he was grilled for 13 hours, they took stuff away from the house. In my case, I mean, to be honest with you, if they came round and started clearing, it would be a godsend. Because I've got so many DVDs and magic and stuff like that, if they cleared it, it'd be a blooming miracle. But there's nothing else, it's all very dreary, I've got a computer like other people... Might be one or two things on there which, you know, you wouldn't want to see. I mean, I do have pictures of meerkats, you know. I want that known now that I've got pictures of meerkats with Christmas hats on. OK, I know it's a bit racy-bacy, but it's the kind of thing that I enjoy. I like laughing at animals. I, I wouldn't actually, because it's only a dummied-up picture, I don't mind it. I wouldn't actually want to see Christmas hats on meerkats. But what I'm saying is, it's very difficult to try and remember every person you've had relationships with. And I bet you anything, you've never asked their their ages In fact, even when people get married, they've got no idea how old people are. They just kind of think it's, you know, it's just one of those things. They don't, it just doesn't enter your mind. It's the moment of passion. Years later, though, when it comes back and then people say, oh, you know, you actually had uh, relationships with me and I was only 14. And you go, were you? Because you can't remember. and the police don't know either. So they have to go... To, uh, to different bodies and try and work things out. And Sometimes they can't. Sometimes they can't. So there might be people who've got away with stuff over the years, but you might as well take the entire country and just build one giant prison and drop everybody in it. Because at some point you're going to have done something that's against the law. I don't believe everybody goes through their life and they're blameless. Even the evangelical pre- uh, p- you know, pastors in America. I mean, we've seen them, haven't we? The Jimmy Swaggarts, the Jimmy Swaggarts and all these other people. Oh, God, help me, I have sinned. What did he sin with? He sinned with an old hooker. That's what he did. You know, all these people, they break the taboos, even the people that you respect, you know, the people that you see in show business, who, between you, me and the Gatepost, who we've seen the names of over the past few weeks, and a couple of names that haven't appeared in the press, but you know who they are, you hold your hands up and go, whoa, dear, I mean, this is just, what about all the groupies? Max Clifford was only telling us the other week on LBC 97.3 that there are all the rock stars who are getting worried about groupies who hang around the stage door, hang around outside their houses, hoping to be invited in. Not for a cup of tea and a biscuit. Not for a cup of tea and a biscuit. They're going there because they want a bit of Al father. That's, you know, that's what it is. It's... I'm sorry to sort of, you know, ruin everybody's day, but you might as well arrest the whole country. The police... I mean, even the police... We had that case the other day of a police Nobody's immune from it. It's every single person, every single person. And that's why, I mean, I was surprised about Max Clifford. I mean, he is, he's the kiss and tell man. So who do you go to to talk about the kiss and tell man who's been questioned for 13 hours about something that happened donkeys years ago? That he's now the fifth celebrity. I mean, it's almost, it's a revelation, isn't it? When you, you know, The next name that comes out, and we've all got names, even in this building, that we're running round with and going, do you think that person will be questioned? Would this person be... I mean, I, I've got five names that I think, you know, I had heard rumours about donkeys years ago. And it always involves these underage girls, because girls throw themselves at you, even as DJs. Any DJ in this building will tell you, if you do a gig, young girls throw themselves at you. You know, they can't help it, they just throw themselves at you. They're just there... And, and you just, you pick out the prettiest, I suppose. Well, I mean, I don't, wait too over that kind of thing. They just look at me and want to help me over the road. They don't think about anything else at all. So that's why you've got to be very careful. A friend of mine said yesterday, he said, um, should I, should I tweet the name of, of Max Clifford? I said, why? And he said, I said, just supposing the paper's got it wrong. Just supposing nothing comes of this. He's got, and, but, you know, people are going to, oh, Max Clifford. It's like, as Louis Walsh says, people see Louis Walsh, X Factor, grope, and, th- and they put it all together in their minds. They don't quite see the true picture. You know, we've, we've become a little bit too quick in this country to be judgmental. We've become too quick to point the finger and say, ah, oh, you're guilty. Why? It says so in the paper. I said, if I was, if I was Max Clifford, I don't know what's going to happen at the end of this. I'm the same as Richard Littlejohn. I don't know. I don't really care, to be honest with you. Nothing to do with me. Wasn't there at the time. Se- this was 76 Seventy six, I think. This is three years before I even started at LBC. Because I started in seventy-nine. Three years before I started. I mean, I can't remember last week. Let alone remembering back all these years ago. And so you you look at it and you think, just supposing they have got it wrong, just supposing they've got it wrong, and various people have tweeted like that idiot Sally Burko. Just supposing. And Max then starts going after people who've retweeted his name, saying, oh, he's guilty of this, and he's done this and that, done that. Because you wouldn't like it. You'd be the first person to start going after people and suing them in the court of law. In fact, strangely enough, Simon Cowell advised Louis Walsh not to sue the the son. He said, don't just let it it, uh, ride. And Louis said, quite rightly, no, I'm not going to let it ride. I'm not going to let it ride. This has gone round the world. People now believe that I might have been guilty of doing something like this. I'm not going to let it ride. I'm going to sue them. And he sued and won. 'Cause the bloke was a liar. He'd made up a story, gone to the papers, the papers had had run with it as being true. And that was the that was the big mistake. That was the big mistake. It was false. So I think Louis got I don't know, half a million quid, £400,000, something like that. 84850, oh, stevenlbc.co.uk. Should we turn to happier things in a moment? We could turn to happy things. We want some happy news on a Friday, because it's Friday. I'm going to be talking to Billy Crystal a little bit later on. I'll try and find somebody to put a smile on your face later, and just after the, uh, the break. Whether it's in the papers today, Gord alone knows. But you can contribute. 84850, oh, co. UK. Nice to have you company. It's Steve Allen's early breakfast. If you've just woken up, it's blooming cold again. It's another... Yesterday... Whew, God, I walked outside there. I thought, freezy booze. But it was great because we did Biggins yesterday. We'll have a little clip of that later on, plus a clip of two of the people who appear on this week's In Conversation. That's coming up uh, within the next hour and a half, something like that. It's LBC 97.3. Look at the time. 4.30. Uh, Twenty-eight minutes to uh, to five eight four eight five zero. Oh, stevedlbc.co.uk, LBC dot co dot and uh, absolutely right. My my bro man's brother, my bro man's brother absolutely was the one who pitched up in the studio. It is, <laughs> he says. He's just. It he was just so funny this morning. I said to him earlier. I can't, I'm not going to say who it is because don't 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 mention it. Don't mention it. So I won't. <coughs> Deck the halls with boughs of holly. Look at those berries on it. It's very nice. And, um, and so I said, no, well, I won't say anything at all. He said he just wanted to sit in on the programme because he listens every day. Uh, 84850. Are you making excuses for these horrible sexual predators? No. What I'm saying is none of these people have been found guilty. None of these people have been found guilty. I mean, it'd be like me coming around uh, your place. No, is this. Let's find out who you are. You know, find out what sort of uh, things you've said in the past. I mean, somebody who thinks all they do in Coronation Street is drink. Oh, they come from Bristol. You know what happens in Bristol, don't you? That's where if somebody says, "I just want to be your brother," chances are it is your brother. So you've got to be very careful down there. No, I mean, it's uh, it's uh, it's it's one of those things. Nobody's been found guilty. What what you're doing is you're falling into that terrible trap of going, "Oh, they're guilty." Whereas, in fact, they've been found guilty of no such thing at all, of nothing at all, of nothing at all. And, uh, and if, if people don't listen properly, I can't help it, you know, if you're a bit stupid and you're not, you're not able to understand anything. I do appreciate the fact that at 23 minutes to 5, maybe your brain isn't exactly in gear all the time. You know, this is Stuart, who thinks they should offer them people the death sentence as a way out. I mean, you don't get any more stupid than that, do you, really? That really sort of is, you know, really plumbing some depth, I'm afraid. So, not the most intelligent... Not the most intelligent. Uh, eight for eight five zero. Somebody says I agree about the fact that girls can look older, but in a few of these cases have come to light. They're as young as nine. Well, it's been proven. Nothing has been proven. You've fallen into the trap as well. You're hanger and flogging brigade. You know. I tell you what. I think you're guilty as well. You're guilty. You should be taken to court. And you're going of what? I'm going. Well, they haven't been found guilty of anything. You know. They ha- You have to. You know. That's what we have a court system for. Idiots who go. You know. You you have to sort of find these people guilty. They've been found guilty of nothing at all. Nothing. Nobody's been taken into court. Jimmy Savile's not been taken into... But irrespective of whether he's dead or not, that doesn't make any difference. That doesn't make any difference at all. Nobody's been charged with anything. There's a few people been charged, but they haven't appeared in court. Innocent till proven otherwise. And by God, if it ever changes, you're all in big trouble. Big trouble. Somebody says, was it who flashed you his tats? Yes, it was. Yes, it was. It's just <laughs> uh, which is lovely. Is he back again? Oh he's come back again. eight four eight five oh Steve LBC dot co dot UK. Uh, Julie has emailed To say, wish my friend Dawn Lowe, who's playing the Fairy Godmother Good Luck today, and the rest of the cast, which opens at the Grimsby Auditorium. The Grimsby Auditorium. Have you ever heard of such a thing? The Grimsby Auditorium. And thank you to... uh, Oh, I've lost them now. I've lost them. Who was decorating? Oh, Neneal and Lorraine. They're having their Christmas tree decorated. And uh, she's as mad on Christmas as you are. I love Christmas. Actually, the capital offices have got trees all the way down. And I was looking the other day and I thought, I'll tell you what would look really good. If they lit them... If they lit them, that would be absolutely fantastic. Just little lights on each one. So I bought these battery lights and they, and they do look nice. I've got battery lights outside. So let me just have a quick look at a picture of Lorraine decorating the tree. All these pictures coming back. That's a good tree. That's a very good tree. I like it. Have you noticed our trees have got to have good shape? You've got to have a good shape on a Christmas tree. So people say, you know, you, you've, you've got to see it taken out of its little sheath. Thing and then you take it and then the branches come down and then you push the uh, the branches slowly but surely and uh, and then you then you decorate the tree and then it looks absolutely wonderful and then everybody has a has a great thing says that, thank you for the signed photo and uh, he says it's a daily event another celebrity brought in for questioning well it appears to me doesn't it until until we had the, the Kate Middleton story and that knocked it off the front pages now it's uh, it's come back onto the front pages uh, now there the police are. For probing claims about a footballer, a Spurs star, William Gallus, who was involved in a bust-up when his wife fell into a hedge. This apparently is now worthy of police investigation, ladies and gentlemen. A witness told cops that he saw them having a slanging match with his wife and then she fell into the hedge. And this people call the police over. Small wonder the police sit there going, oh, please, for goodness sake, can't you sort out something yourself? Can't you sort out something yourself? Uh, Dan? Says uh, all listening to us normal on the last night shift of the week. That's Dan, Jackie, Vanessa, and Val. Thank you very much indeed. Last night shift of the week. Is it great that it's Friday? I love Friday. I love Friday. So one of the the, the few days of the week I actually thrive on. I, mean, I thrive on any. You know, thrive on any. Uh, Kerry says, "Is the Max, Kef- Max Clifford case not sub judice? You quite clearly don't know anything at all, do you? Quite clearly, it's only sub judice when it goes into court." OK, shouldn't have to explain that to you. You appear to be an adult, but obviously not. Not your fault. 84850, uk. And again, another one. Poor old Kerry. You wouldn't want Kerry, would you, to be a judge? Perhaps finds you guilty immediately. The sort of person, you know, you don't defend. You say, I love the way you say, why do you keep defending alleged rapists? That's exactly what they are. You don't even understand your own language, do you? You don't even understand the uh, the same old thing. You have to put things down into context. I love Frankie Boyle's column. Don't we all? We all love Frankie Boyle's column. And he's talking today about Union J. And he says here, they say they're glad they were knocked out of the X Factor as the show's losers have more success than the winners, a claim so fiercely disputed by Steve Brookstein that he deliberately forgot to bring them their garlic bread. Oh, stop it. Look at the... Honestly, I love this. Mm. Mmm. Miss Moneypenny. (laughs) I quite like that. Sure, stirred, not shaken, which is good. 84850, steve at lbc.co.uk. There's another story in the paper today of uh, Louis Tomlinson. He's just got into trouble with the police in New York because he stuck his head, as in the Tom Hanks film, big, out of the roof of a car and started filming himself because they're having a bit of a fun over there. And the police went, Oi! Sit down, little boy. Sit down. And uh, you've caused gridlock. Because they can't do things like that. Now they're actually big. I think they're doing a couple of things. Aren't they doing the Jingle Bell Ball One Direction? They're doing. I think they're doing the Jingle Bell Ball, which is cool, isn't it? I've not been invited. to. It doesn't matter. I don't want to make a big thing about it. It's not, you know, probably too loud for me anyway. But uh, they are doing it, aren't they? Together with loads of other people. Are you comparing? Are you comparing? Are you, comparing? you will be comparing, I know. When you have a special suit, when you have a special jacket or something that lights up. Or something like that. Or just something nice. Just be something special. Fantastic. Thank you. I quite like that idea. I like the idea of... You know, the, the, the bigger the show, the easier it is to compare. It's the smaller the show, the more difficult it becomes. So if you're, if you're doing a show in front of, you know, 10,000 people, it's easy-peasy, because you're like a little, you know, little thing at the end, and it's on people watch you on the screens, and I quite like that idea, but it's far too noisy. Somebody was saying that we had the, the, the global party the other night. I'd have needed earplugs. I couldn't... I could, I'd, I'd have had to have walked out, you know, with earplugs in, because I can't hear anything. I'd, I do like a quiet place. You have going to a party. I like to be able to actually have a conversation with people who are sitting in there. I like the idea that you could sit down and find out things about people. There would have been loads of people there, but as most of the stations owned by Global are Music, it seems quite appropriate. You know, you're not going to have somebody sitting in a newsroom, are you? Although there were a number of people phoning up our newsroom yesterday. Do you know that smokers have an increased risk of suffering lower back pain? Oh, dear. I spoke to somebody the other day who was suffering really badly, and I say the same to everybody who suffers with back pain. Diclofenic, I say diclofenic to them, and they go immediately to the doctors, and that is because th- it's a muscle relaxant and it works brilliantly. The first time I had bad back pain, and I can't remember how it happened, but I remember I was in so much agony, and every time you move, it's like somebody's grating. It, it's the, the most awful pain next to what would be the worst pain? You get chronic back pain. Arthritis, somebody tells me, is really bad as well. And toothache, toothache, really bad at the same time. The kind of things that you go, oh, make the pain stop. Make the pain stop, for goodness sake. And so diclofenic I got, and so every time people used to say to me, I've got back pain, I'd say, go to the doctor, get, sorry, get what? And says, it could be your kidney's hurting. What, back pain? Is that, that really, your kidney's hurting? Oh, right. No, I had it so bad, hardly ever, hardly it spilled, most like that. I ne- never manages to make the mouth, I'm afraid, only on very rare occasions. Actually, I discovered some, some tomato juice the other day, which came from the Isle of Wight, which goes very well with vodka, and I was tweeting, I was FaceTiming my friend JK, and he just got out of bed. I like JK, because he's like, you know, he's a, he's a cool boy. And he's not number one in London, no, he's not number one in London. Number one in London is... i is, is, oh, never remember his name. It's hopeless, isn't it? Goes in one ear, comes out the other. Dave Holly. Dave... I can't remember anyway, Dave, somebody. Dave, very attractive, too good-looking for his own good. You know, that kind of person. You know, somebody who, even, even on a bad day, looks good. Me, on a bad day, can only look bad. I don't. I don't have good days, I'm afraid, when it comes to clothes. I haven't actually worn a shirt inside my trousers for 15 years. What does that say about me? It says I'm fat. OK, you don't need to tell me. I know exactly what's going on. And, um, I forgot where I was going with that conversation. Uh, Chris Malloy says, I'm no Steve Brookstein. Well, you see, I liked Steve Brookstein. I, I didn't have a problem with Steve Brookstein at all. I'm not a fan of James Arthur. I know a lot of you like James Arthur. That's great. I don't have a problem with you liking James Arthur. It's just that I'm not a fan of James Arthur. Here's a picture of Gary Barlow. You can't keep Barry, Gary Barlow away from anything nowadays. He's, uh, he's here supporting more charities. Because if you're a celebrity... You're, you're expected to support charities, and when we spoke to Biggins yesterday, he's got various charities that he, uh, that he likes to support. He's doing pantomime. He's down in... I wonder if I can tell you this. I wonder if I can tell you this. I don't want to get into trouble, because it's... The, actually, it's 20 to 5, so we might better get away with it. Did you know that there are two basil brushes? I wish I hadn't told you that now. I'm going to get into such trouble. There's, there's one that's doing pantomime with Biggins down in Plymouth, and there's one in Belfast. There's one in Belfort. Two basil brushes. I didn't think it were possible. I didn't think it were possible at all. Uh, One here who says, uh, working hard at Billingsgate in London. Loving... Oh, dear, the smell of Billingsgate this morning. It must be a nightmare. Oh, dear. Absolutely terrible. 84850, steve at lbc.co.uk. Patricia says, your rant on so-called child abuse was spot on. Refreshing to hear somebody talk common sense. Well, it's so easy to just fall into that trap, isn't it, of going, oh, this is it. Uh, Dorman Don in Bracknell says, if the idea is false, Steve, they don't get in. Yeah, I mean, but it's not easy, though, is it, Dom, to try and check everybody's... Because some girls, and especially if they befriend the doorman... And come on, I mean, you know, we all know that that happens. Uh, Somebody says here, jet lag, I hate you. Wide awake, but loving Steve Allen on LBC 97.3. But do do tell me, Don, there is a lot of fake ID, isn't there? There is a lot of fake ID. Uh, 84850, Jason, who's now Mr Fruitman... He says, nice to have you on Sky at Home. He says, start my new job at 1pm today. And you're up. You're up already, are you? Don in Bromley says, I bought one of those microwavable hot water bottles last week. It tasted awful. Actually, on the the subject of hot water bottles, why don't you just look guilty? Why don't you just look guilty? (laughs) This is the first. don't, don't, Don't even get me going there, I'm afraid. But somebody sent me a thing the other day. And it was about hot water bottles, and uh there's one wanted down in a stables and I'll tell you who it is in a minute i've got to find the uh the uh, the text message that came in to me from my friend ben Ben goes riding a lot, and uh he says just to let you know that marge. At Lee Barn Stables, would like your hot water bottle. So I wrote back and said, uh, so cool about that. And he said, it's so cold. In fact, what he said was, it's bloody freezing down there. Bloody freezing. And I said, well, she can't have my hot water bottle because we like the hot water bottle. 84850 uk. Lisa in Antrim. Somebody says, you should have property of LBC tattooed on your bottom. Yes, I'm, I, the only reason, the only reason I don't have a tattoo is because people. People tell me that uh, it hurts, and I don't. I don't do pain. I do injections. I can do that, and they hurt a little bit. They hurt. Uh, Richard, was that Richard Walters? Where's it? Sh- where's he? Is he? Is he on now? Do we know? Oh, that's Rich. Oh, right. Was that card from you then, Rich? Was that he sent me a Christmas card? That, was that him? He's such a tart, honestly. What is it with the people in this building? I th- I got this Christmas card the other day, but I got this Christmas card the other day, and it said, I so miss working with you. And I thought, I don't even know who this is. I didn't know who it was, and it wasn't sign And now it's Rich. Thank you, Rich. Monday to Friday, tw- I'm not plugging your show. Why am I plugging your show? Struggling to get my own audience. Thank you very much indeed. It's very competitive. Although uh, m- one of my ex-producers bumped into Richard Park at the party, and uh, which, which is quite a difficult thing to do. <laughs> and uh, and he said, uh, and what 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 do you do? And uh, she said, oh, I, I produce Steve Allen's In Conversation. I like Steve Allen. He said, <laughs> that was yesterday. Today could be completely different. Quarter to five. This is LBC ninety. David Miles in Orlando, in Florida, who used to work at the Hippodrome, and I mentioned you to Biggins yesterday, and he remembers going to Langham's. He says, is that Dave who's too good looking for his own good me by any chance? Sadly not, David. <laughs> Sadly not. It is not. 84850, co at uk. Um, uh, one here, and this is from uh, from Paul. He says, without being awkward, don't you think the phrase no smoke without fire applies to some of these celebrities being brought in for police questioning? And, um, well, not necessarily all the time. It depends. We have had, as you know, I mean, you have to admit, in this country, there have been lots of people. Let's just go Tracy Andrews. okay? Tracy Andrews, murderous. This is the one who stood up in court, perjured herself by saying, no, we were hijacked by this car. People tell lies. People tell lies. That's all I can explain to you. It would be a far simpler world, wouldn't it, if people didn't tell lies. But people even stand in court, having been given the Bible and having been, you know, asked, do you swear by Almighty God to tell the truth, the whole truth and nothing but the truth? And then they open their mouth and a lie comes out. They go, yes, and they lie. So what hope? It doesn't mean it make anything. If you're going to sort of commit an act, you know, you've gone so far down. I've lost track of the amount of people who've cried rape and then it's turned out in court. They've just made it up. They've just made it up. They've wasted police time. It also ruins it, and it makes it very difficult for the people who have genuinely been raped, who have genuinely been attacked, because the police become very sceptical. You have to come up with the evidence. It's no good just saying, because we've had the case, it was a case only the other week in the papers, of a woman who'd cried rape against somebody because he turned her down for a date. And she was prepared to go all the way through, to the point of court. Prepared to go all the way through to the point of court, and it never, It never worked. People always get found out. If you don't tell the truth, you get caught out. So what I'm saying is, out of all the people who've claimed this, that and the other, I would think a good 60% of them will be lying. 60% will be making it up. By the by, the law of averages, that's how it works out. That's how they equate these things, you know, in, in the huge scale of it. They say people have made these things up. You know, it's, it's just like there. Uh, Steve, I'm a security guard and, yes, there's a hell of a lot of fake ID... It's Dom, not Don, short for Dominic, Steve. I hate Don. <laughs> um, Steve, if any of these celebrities end up in court, how on earth can they expect a fair trial? As it sounds as if most people have already found them guilty by media. Well, they have. People believe the media. Look at some of the people this morning. Some of the barking mad people who are going, oh, well, there's no smoke without fire, or, you know, they're, they're guilty of this. And you think, well, this, you know, how would you like it? You go into court, we go, I tell you what, you look guilty. That's it, you're guilty. Take them out, hang them. It's as simple as that. You know, as a stepdad of four daughters... Steve, the question has to be, why are the parents letting the girls out so late at such a young age? Well, I'll answer that one for you, Kevin, now. Have you seen the parents? Have you seen the Jeremy Kyle show? You know, these people bring children into the world. The kids are smoking at 12. You know. You know, you've you've worked round Harlow. You see these girls, you know, behaving badly. And it's boys as well. I'm not just saying it's girls. Boys behave badly as well. But girls are smoking from an early age. They're drinking. Even round our way. Even round our way, you know, they go out, they buy a little bit of vodka and they pour it into their Coca-Cola bottles. You know they're drinking alcohol because they just are. And their parents don't care because their parents are three sheets to the wind and probably doing drugs. You know, and they come from sinker states and they've been given a bird start in life. You know, nobody ever wants to make anything of themselves. They're just, you know, their parents are probably on benefits and stuff like that. That's why. It's not a case of letting the girls out late at night. How can they stop them? They I've seen them on the television. We've seen, you know, Bank of Mum and Dad. We've seen the badly behaved programmes where the parents go, oh, I can't control them at all. And you think, well, you're stupid then. You know, you should have actually learnt how to bring a child into the world. But they don't think about it. They say, oh, don't worry, they'll be... And then they come and they go, Mum, I'm pregnant. And then you get the mums going and television, you going, I'm so pleased she's pregnant. I was pregnant at an early age. And you think, two prats together, I'm afraid. So that's why. Anyway, um, um... very glad. Wait a minute, wait a minute, I've, I've lost the end of your... Uh, te- We've had so many more texts that have come in. But the bazaar went very well yesterday, even though I probably put the fear of God into most of the kiddies by being the worst Santa ever. This is Kevin, he had to be Santa Claus. Good job, he says, I had two elves to cover my mistakes. Uh, Did you know Carol McGiffin is doing panto in Bristol? Yes, yes. Ian says, diclofenic side effect is uh, being sick. I've never been sick on diclofenic. Never been sick. I mean, I'd, I'd, if ever I get bad pain and it happens once a year, I'm straight round the chemist, straight away. Uh, another one here. Uh, one here. Uh, John says, at last, a ray of sanity amongst all this madness. May you long continue to educate the loonies amongst us. Yeah, I mean, there's some stupid people out there. The sort of people who'd, you know, be stringing people up years and years ago nowadays. Uh, one here says, I've got chronic back pain. I'm on Sulpidol. Mine's due to hypermobility syndrome and only gets worse. I don't even know what, what Sulpidol is. I only know Dick Lefenic. I only know Dick Lefenic. Uh 84850, steve at lbc.co.uk. Uh, East Finchley Community Trust have their big Christmas festival in East Finchley High Road tomorrow at 12 noon. They've got uh, choirs, a brass band, a marching band, a rock band, a tea dance, and a memory lane, singers at the Methodist Church Hall. A French market as well. We've got a French market. We've got a French market in Twickenham, I think, on Sunday... I think Sunday we've got French Market. They never seem to be French, though. And they're selling the kind of things. Because we've got our own bakery in in Twickenham, we we, we bake our own bread now. It's not such a big deal, is it, to get French baguettes? Because you can go anywhere. I think, is my son trying to tell me something about the Christmas tree? This is from Sally. And this is her, her son, Adam. That's actually quite a good picture. You think maybe too bright, the lights? No, they look good. The tree's decorated well. Decorated very well. I like that. That's a nice tree. I like a good tree, actually, for Christmas. Quickly, let's go through some more of the uh, papers, because we're heading towards the news at five o'clock this morning. It's Max Clifford. Uh, He said yesterday, anybody who knows me knows it's totally untrue. So in that case, and people are then going, oh, well, there's no spoke without fire. He said, anybody who knows me will say it's untrue. I don't know what the allegations are against him. It's obviously of a, a sexual nature. He was quizzed for 12 hours or 13 hours, depending on which paper. Uh, we will be covering it this morning on LBC. I mean, he is, without doubt, one of the most powerful media men. If anybody knows how to, uh, to talk to the media about this... And talking to the media is the best thing, as Max will tell you. So he came out with a statement. He's just probably not by... His best friend is Simon Cowell. So I bet you anything he would have been on the phone to Simon Cowell already, and they would have chatted about things, and Simon Cowell would say... Well, I think... Because you always need to talk it over with somebody. And I think in, in the case of Max Clifford, it goes back 40 years. It's a historical thing. And he's going to have his his day. He's not been charged, as I know, with anything at all. He was just questioned. Uh, the ex directory. This is Louis Walsh saying that Simon Cowell has phoned about his X Factor plans and doesn't even talk about Chris Maloney. Chris, uh, James Arthur, uh, has. Uh, he's. Uh, Caroline Flack, sorry, has dashed. Uh, James Arthur's chances of dating her. Oh, blimey, Carol, I don't want to go out with somebody like James Arthur, do you? Absolutely not. Uh, he says, I will never look at myself as a celebrity. I'm just a normal person who wants to do music. Well, you weren't, because I think a year ago you were, cont- you were in d- deep, deep depression and contemplating suicide. Now you know how we feel when we watch The X Factor. It's the same kind of things. I love stories which are good. And there's a woman here, a family reunited. She found a sister after 55 years and then discovered she was really my twin. Good news is, eat more melons. woo Big up for melons, ladies and gentlemen. Because apparently they reduce the risk of developing breast cancer. So you can reduce the risk if you eat... I'm going to go out and buy loads of melons today, I've decided. Melons are the way forward, definitely. 84850, stevedlbc.co.uk. So we're looking for more and more melons. Um uh, somebody says here, I won't mention it, but a number of years ago, uh, a girl started a rumour that we'd had relations. I contacted the police. They said there was nothing they could do unless a complaint was filed. When I mentioned the girl's name, the police officer said, not her again. And that is the problem. Uh, there can be no evidence that these historic sexual acts happened, but it doesn't mean it didn't happen, nor that the complainants lie. But that doesn't matter. It's the fact that they might. That they might. That's, that's the thing. That's the thing you have to just be uh, you have to just be very careful and mindful that you're not making something up because if you are and there are mentally ill people who do make things up they do enjoy going to the police and they do enjoy causing trouble not saying all of them but i'm saying a vast percentage are people who are slightly cracked we know because we've seen it exposed in the newspapers. I'm not too sure who Megan Fox is. I just know that she's, a, she's an actress and she's in the paper today. And there's a student hacker. His name's Christopher Weatherhead. He's 22. He's a nerd. And what he did, he crippled PayPal for 10 days. He's now been convicted of waging a series of devastating online attacks. He went by the alias of Nerdo. Kind of figures, actually, and you're looking at a picture of him, and you think to yourself, no, he's... I mean, incurred losses for the company. I think he's going to be sent to prison. I would hope so. I would hope so. That would be good. And there's a lovely picture in one of the papers there. It's a lovely picture? I do not know what it was when I looked at it. It's just a picture of London with lots of red dots all over the place. And it turns out that every one of these red dots was a bomb that was dropped on London during the war. How we survived, God alone knows. How we survived. There were bombs all over the place. But we did... And, uh, this, this picture is a reminder of exactly what things looked like when the bombs were falling. And there's another story. Do you remember we had the story from China of the house where they didn't, um, Lovely. Where they didn't, uh, I did that as well earlier. Funny that, isn't it? I wonder why. And, and there's this house in the middle of this, this motorway and they didn't want to sell it. They wanted to stay in their house and eventually they were persuaded for money to go. So they knocked it down. There's another one today in China... And in the middle of middle of this building site, which is vast in china there 's a grave it 's in a, a thirty three foot mound and at the top of it is a grave how they 're supposed to get up to it i 've got no idea but they've they 've got a relative here it 's in the Shaanxi project uh, province and they 've got um this this grave, and the family have said we don 't want it touched we want it left alone. And so they've, they've, they've kind of left it alone, so they're building around it. It's all very peculiar. People are very, very odd. And then, well done, Father Christmas saw off some robbers in the High Street the other day. More stories coming up the other side of the news on LBC 97.3 as we enter another cold Friday morning. <laughs> freezing cold. Hopefully all the hangovers from yesterday have dispersed and people are feeling a lot better and a lot more convivial about life, which is good. Take more of your texts and emails 8 stevenlbc.co.uk and will all the nanners of Liverpool stop voting for the ghastly Chris Maloney? please. I mean, the man's an idiot. Back on cruise ships. Oh, my God, he can't go on cruise ships. He was kicked off cruise ships. But uh, definitely not the winner of the X Factor. Who wins it? I've got no idea. And care, precious little. Uh, we'll hear from Christopher Biggins later on. And uh, two celebrities who feature on this week's In Conversation. All of that and more in the next hour of the Steve Allen Early Breakfast Show on LBC 97.3. On FM. Morning, Friday morning, in London town. It's Steve Allen's early breakfast. It's very nice to have you company. Somebody was asking me earlier on, and I can't remember who it was. Somebody texted in and said, Can you... oh, it might have been Julie. Was it Jim? No, Noreen. It was Noreen who was asking about FaceTime. What is FaceTime? And FaceTime is on, as far as I know, it's just on the iPhones. I mean, I'm, I might be wrong, because I, I, don't, I don't understand these things. And And it's just a feature whereby you push a little button... And because I've got a camera on the front of my phone and on the back of my phone, the person on the other end answers if they want to accept the call. And then you can see them when you're talking to them. It's a bit like NASA. It's a bit like the spacecraft. It's fascinating. I mean, it is absolutely fascinating. The first time I did it, and you can do it on the iPad and you can do it as well on uh, the iPad mini. And it's just brilliant. So I did it yesterday with JK and Caroline. And uh, it was quite funny, actually, because you end up just holding... And he got... Because you're obviously wherever you're sitting. I should have sat in the bath and done it. It would have been funnier. But I was sitting there. He said, what's that gold thing behind you? He said, is that a mirror? I went, yeah, it's it's a gold mirror behind me. Got this huge gold mirror on the wall. And then you sort of casually move the phone around and all over the place. So that's what FaceTime is. And it's brilliant if you're abroad... And if you want to see loved ones and people like that, then, then people use FaceTime. So at least you can keep in contact with people. And, you could, and also, it's very useful if you're out somewhere and somebody says, can you go out and buy me, you know, two chairs or something like that? And then you get there and you go, wait a minute, I'll show you what they look like. And then you go on to FaceTime and then you hold the phone up against the item and show them what it is. So people can see the other end. It's brilliant. Whether it costs any more to use than it does the normal phone, I can't tell you. I don't know about that. But I just know that we did it yesterday and we must have done it on the phone for for a good a good half an hour, I would have thought. <laughs> good half an hour. Which was good. eight four eight five O Steve LBC Alison says the girl who proudly declared herself Jimmy Savile's love child just after he died and no doubt with eyes on the will, seems to have disappeared. Well she said after the talk uh, she didn't you know, about Jimmy Savile. She didn't want anything more to do. With it. She decided to distance herself from it completely. So she still maintains that she is Jimmy Savile's love child, but she doesn't want anything to do with him or to be any any part of it at all. Uh, oh, Duncan, oh, somebody here was talking about Duncan Bark. Cyclists are untrained, uninsured, some with, unroad- with unroadworthy bicycles. Nobody checks whether your bike's unroadworthy, do they, on the road? And yet your car has to have the MOT. Bicycles appear not to have things like that. Uh, Andy says, listening to uh in conversation, I use cayenne pepper for aches and pains. Oh, right. Ooh, I went into Starbucks the other day. Who puts that stuff in, you know, the vanilla and the cinnamon. Who puts that on a coffee? Do people think we're in Austria or something like that? Uh, John says, firing up my 44-ton truck for the last day this week. Whee! He says, um, a lay-in in the morning. Megan Fox was the girl in the first two Transformer films. So uh, so that's what it is. Megan, that's who Megan Fox was. I've never seen the Transformer films. I've never seen them, so I have no idea at all, I'm afraid. I have no idea at all what the Transformer films are. Uh, Denise says, I saw a Bentley car parked in Westminster Abbey the other day. Well, inside the Abbey. And thought of you. Got excited you might be visiting there. I got a, a, an email from a lady who had um, left a hotel the other day. Gets on the bus, she says. And who actually gets on the bus? You did. <laughs> she says, I thought it was a bit of uh, one of those hallucinations. She said, I thought I'd conjured you up, but no, it was me on the bus. And she spotted me immediately. 84850, Dorman Dom, thank you. I'm, sh- I'm sure that's absolutely true. And that's about as far as it goes, I'm afraid. Um, and Max says, historical allegations make people hysterical accusers. Well, innocent until proven otherwise. Innocent until proven otherwise. Uh, in the paper today, an elderly lollipop man has died in a collision with a car as he helped a parent cross a busy road. Why is it lollipop people are quite elderly? This one was 82. He was taken to hospital by air ambulance but later died from his injuries. 82 and a lollipop man and then knocked down by somebody. Isn't that dreadful? I feel a bit sorry for people like that. It's a good job, though, for, for elderly people because they, they're mixing with all the kids. They can see them across the road. The parents go, hello, and it teaches children about looking left, looking right. And, uh, and finding out about, uh, about things. Charlie said she would have cleaned up if she'd have known about FaceTime. He says, I love vanilla in coffee. This is JK. He loves the vanilla. That's the vanilla that you get. If you go to Starbucks, they've got a little shaker pot of it. I love the idea she'd have cleaned up. <laughs> Why is it people get funny about that? My friend Helen is the same. I remember the very first time I went round her flat in Enfield, and she said, oh, I'm ever so sorry it's messy. People feel they have to apologise, like I'm doing a programme on the television, a bit like Anthea Turner, where, uh, where, I, where I sort of go round and inspect people's houses. I don't. FaceTime's free to use but requires Wi-Fi enabled. Brilliant feature of Apple. It is good, isn't it? I love it. I use it as often as possible. I really do. I mean, I, I just, I just, I just really thought it was quite good yesterday. It was so funny. When you can get people to show you around their, their place. That's, that's the bit I like. That's the, pe- that's the bit I like. Which is, uh, which is good fun. I suppose you could be a bit naughty as well. David is in freezing cold Streatham. Everywhere's freezing cold this morning. It's bitter, bitter. Somebody said to me yesterday, Deirdre and Martin Spencer, she said, Do you think we can have snow soon? I said, Yes, I do. I think we're going to have a lot of snow, and I think it's going to be bitterly cold out there. Anyway, David went to a carol concert at St. James's in Piccadilly in aid of Marie Curie. Beautiful service, but what was so special was that in the courtyard there used to be a large Indian tree. The tree survived World War II, but in twenty ten fell down all of its own. It's now been carved into a nativity scene of the three wise men, Mary, Joseph and the baby Jesus and Manger and the shepherds. Well worth a visit. There you go. A visit recommended to St James's in Piccadilly. I know that church. There have been to quite a few things there. I've got a book. If you're a fan of underground trains and all things underground, a friend of mine has written a book. His name's Mark Ovendon. He used to be one of my producers many, many years ago. I could tell you a funny story about Mark Ovenden, but I won't. I shall save it. But next year, the London Underground celebrates 150 years old, and it's really... Really, a super book. It's called London Underground by Design. And I'll tell you more about it a little bit later on. But it's it's a it's a good book if you're a fan of the underground. <coughs> Excuse me. A fan of the underground. And it's the uh, kind of thing you'll want it if you're an aficionado. But I will be looking forward to St James's in Piccadilly and having a look at that tree which survived World War Two, then fell down of its own accord, and then it uh, it got back together again. Michael Chris, Christodoli. And apparently FaceTime... On iPad, iMac, iPhone is free on a Wi-Fi connection. It was really good. We've actually done it, haven't we? In the uh, in the salon, we've done it. He's going to bed now. We, we've done it in the salon, and uh, that was quite funny. I thought, especially with a lot of people. There. I use it a, a, a lot of the time. I love it. I really do love it. It's also very useful if you're a magician. You could show people tricks. You know, a friend of mine, Daryl. If he's if he's bought a new trick or he's found a trick, he'll put it on FaceTime and show me. There you go. FaceTime free. Says Alan. But it must be on a Wi-Fi. There is a system for a PC to an iPad and phone called Tango. Okay, so you can check that one out as well. Eight four eight five O. Patty Morden says we're going to Lapland on Sunday with our two grandchildren, age five and seven, can't wait. Just the right age. Just the right age. It depends where you're going in Lapland. It depends whether you're going into Kittala, in which case then you'll probably head up to Luosto on a coach. And hopefully they've got snow for you. Because it's, it is wonderful. It is absolutely wonderful. Uh, Steve, I saw your favourite, Moira C, selling her new winter hat and scarf set on Ideal World. A more, a more annoying woman you'll never find. Oh, she's irritating. She does this, uh, and you do this and that, and you just want to... And then she told us she was only 50 or something, and I thought, God, I thought you were about 70. I had no idea. Jason the bailiff, or am I? Might. FaceTime is free on all Apple appliances, Steve, even the Mac. You do have to pay if you're using your three G allowance. I have all Apple products and wouldn't use any other. I love it. I love FaceTime. I'd happily give you all my, my, my private number and then we could FaceTime each other all the but I I promise you I'll probably never get any sleep with people sending me FaceTime pictures and everything else. I was looking for your pictures yesterday of your trees. I was saying on Twitter, which is at Steve Allen Show. I uh I, I did tweet about Max Clifford yesterday, but I didn't. I just said, now another name for the papers. And then uh, people were sort of writing to me going, yeah, well, who else? And I was going, I don't know. Uh, Andy McCall was very upset about the Basil Brush news. <laughs> I thought he would be. And so, uh, Rich, I cannot believe it's you. I cannot believe it's you that, that sent me the uh, the Christmas card. I just can't believe you sent me the Christmas card the other day. I think that's the funniest thing ever. Especially as you'd have been the last person I'd have been thinking of, I'm afraid. So, anyway, Pat, where are you off to in, in Lapland? Which, Are you just doing a day? or are you? Yes, you must be doing a day. Because we did over Christmas. So we arrived Christmas Eve. Christmas Eve, Christmas Day, Boxing Day, and the next day, and then we flew home. So it was a four-day. It was lovely. It's so pretty. But do wrap up warm. Oh, for goodness sake, do wrap up warm. It's, it is cold, cold. We had minus 30. We had minus 30 it was it was so bitterly freezing so bitterly freezing and uh, i can't get over rich i can't get ever rich sending me that christmas card i think that's really funny I think it's really sweet really sweet especially i mean no you don't need to send a christmas card in the building but i know a lot of people do listen to the program as they're coming in you know for the other radio station i don't know what well, i think perhaps they're sort of trying to find out if there's any stories that are worth doing in the papers if you're looking for funnies And stuff like that. Frankie Boyle has asked uh, James, because you know there's a bit of a spat going on, he says, practice your tattoos on a pad first, which is quite sweet. (laughs) And uh, he talks about the only way is Essex and what a disaster the live version was. He said it really was absolutely terrible, terrible, terrible. Could not get any worse, but it was for charity, so he's, he's feeling a little bit okay about it. And what age do you grow old gracefully? Apparently, ladies, it's 59. 59, you grow old gracefully. And that's when you can do whatever you want. At the age of 59, you can wear what you want, you can do your makeup any way you want, you can, you can shave all your hair off and write poo on, on your head or something. You can do anything you like. Anything you like. But it's 59. You can't do it before 59. You can only do it at the age of 59. Uh, a husband has become the first man in France to take his wife's surname under the country's recent male equality law. The 37-year-old... married in September, said he wanted to adopt the French-sounding name because his own Turkish one made it difficult to find work. It's quite clever, isn't it? That's a bit inventive. Uh, Kate, I'm feeling so much better now, and Charles is thrilled too. Now, can we just leave her alone for a little bit? Just let her get on with the pregnancy, and we get on with our lives, and then when it gets nearer the time, we shall catch up. Okay, Quarter past five. (laughs) News headlines with Dan Whitehead. Publicist Max Clifford has strongly denied... 7. LBC 97.3. Morning. Nice to have you company. Welcome along to the uh, programme. 20 minutes past five. I'm trying to find... Uh, a lot of people tell you about these fake IDs, and especially as we're into the Christmas party season, that is that is the worst time, I'm afraid. The worst time. People... You know, we'll be using them in clubs. They'll be checking, you know, and the doormen have to look at them. And DOM's there, and it, oh, I don't know. It's all a bit of a pain in it. People having a, a good look at things. But if they are false, you will not get in. It's as simple as that. Uh, four days to uh, Saraskella, recommended for younger children. Says Pat. The kids can't wait to go on a husky ride. Yes, you'll you'll be on a, a like a toboggan type thing, like a sledge. A sledge-type thing, and that'll be... Uh, you'll love that. That'll be great. We did, um... We did that. We did skidooing. Probably not advisable for young people. But, uh, no, you you could have gone to Luosto. Luosto was lovely. Uh, but I think probably what you're going for... Oh, you're doing uh, four days. So you're doing the four days. So you'll get everything in. But it will be cold. But they will give you, or they should give you, the ski suits and everything else and the boots and everything. You go into this warehouse, and they look at you and give you the right size, and it works. Uh, 84850, Steve at LBC. Uh, Barbara says, I was very shocked here. There's two Basil Brushes, which is the imposter. I don't know. I don't know. And this only came to light because I was going through... In fact, uh, it was Andy McCall who, uh, who came up with... He said to me, I said, Biggins is doing pantomime, I think in Portsmouth. And he then came back and said, he's doing it with Basil Brush. Well, I just printed off a whole list of all the pantomimes and all the all the people who were appearing in them, and I was all over the place, and then, and I said, no, he can't be doing Basil Brush. I said, Basil Brush is in Belfast. And he said, no, he's doing Panto. So I went through the list again, and then, lo and behold, there's Basil Brush doing Panto in Portsmouth with Biggins, who's, I think he's doing uh, Nurse Sarah the Cook, <laughs> which will be hilarious, as per usual. And then the other one is in Belfast, I think. Was well, certainly in Ireland. Said So two basil brushes. And it reminded me there's lots of ABBA tribute bands, lots of groups of the drifters, things like that. You know, if if somebody's particularly popular, I mean, I suppose if if, if Jedward were as popular as they think they are, then they would they would sort of make them up into another group. And you'd have sort of three lots of Jedward. Oh, I'm nearly being sick, actually, thinking about it. Three lots of Jedward Not sure how that would actually go down, but it it would be quite interesting, wouldn't it? Weather for today? I'm not telling you. Uh, So you just have to kind of wait for that one. Just look out the window. And uh, Ken says, I was telling my grandson about Christmas during the war years. I told him I got an apple and an orange one year. He says, you've got a computer and a mobile. Thank you. It's an old gag, but it's a goodie. It's funny, is it? All these old things people remember. You know, can you remember most of you, ladies and gentlemen, when you? <coughs> excuse me, when you did actually have a stocking? My mother used to make up a stocking for us every Christmas, and I don't have them now because obviously my mum's not here. But she would, she'd get an old pair of tights. And in it would be, she'd wrap up little presents. So there'd be a toothbrush, bar of soap, flannel. Then there'd be some walnuts. Then there'd be an orange and a satsuma. And it would all come out and go back in the fruit bowl. I think she did it to make her look interesting. So that was the, and that was called your pre-Christmas tree presents. And so you would have those when you first woke up. Because on Christmas morning, as you remember as a child, that was the most exciting bit. That was the bit of your life where you were going, Mum, Mum, it's Christmas Day. It's two o'clock in the morning. Go back to bed. And you go, I can't sleep, Father Christmas has been, I've been downstairs. And you'd go downstairs and the Christmas tree lights would be twinkling in the room. It'd be quite cold because you didn't have central heating. And there'd be little bits of um, cotton wool on the branches of the Christmas tree to signify snow. And the lights looked even prettier. And you'd have angel hair spread over it as well. It's called angel hair. I think it was probably asbestos or something stupid. And the lights would glisten through that. And then under the tree would be the presents. The present and you'd look at them and you try and not, not touch them, but try and look at the labels and find out which one was was the biggest one yours or was it somebody else's? But at the end of your bed would be your stocking. And so you'd be sort of you'd be looking at the clock, you'd be going, It's twenty past five. Soon we can get up, soon we can get up. And it would get to sort of ten to six, you'd think, Oh, blow it, let's go and wake them up now. So you go and wake your parents up, and you go, It's Christmas morning and they go, It's ten to six. Stephen, it's ten to go back to bed. We get up in about half an hour. Your parents are probably lying there thinking, we didn't get to bed till one in the morning, wrapping all the blooming presents, hiding things in cupboards. And so that's why there's the excitement, you know, for for little children. Probably not for adults now. The excitement for the adults is wrapping the stuff up and watching kids opening it or giving people presents. I love doing that. I love giving people presents. I like seeing the the surprise on their face when they realise that they're not getting that expensive present, they're getting that cheap thing that I bought ages and ages ago. I like that. I often wish to have a, a Christmas present room. I thought, if I won the lottery... I would be I'd be more generous than I am at the moment, but I would love to have a room full of lots of presents. So when when kids came round, you know, with the family you should go you can go and pick a present out from the room. And they'd go in there and it'd be teddy bears and, you know, action men and dolls and dolls And They could pick a present out. I'd like to do that. I think that would be quite good fun, really. Sort of thing. Uh, Where did you buy your battery lights? Uh, Garden centres. They're all over the place. Go into garden centres. The chances are they've got battery lights this year. And there's quite a lot of good battery lights around. Quite a lot of good. Still no uh, no snow in Manchesterford. Instead we had torrential rain. And uh, all members of the Steve Allen Appreciation Society an enjoyable lunch. Uh, can't be there for this one, says Paul. But so pleased to meet Diana from Richmond and other friends. Two shows of note in conversation. I can't believe they've nicked the name. I should have trademarked it. With Peter Kay on 4 and 100 Years of the Royal Variety on ITV. I mentioned my niece treading the boards at Fairfield. And there's a thing there, thank you. Said, I shall be voting for Mr Maloney this weekend. I did say weeks ago I wouldn't watch the show and haven't, but if he does win with any luck, he may finally show the show up for what it is. So, uh, there you go. I don't know who the rest of you are voting for. I'm not... I don't vote. I'm a bit mean, I'm afraid. I just... I just... I don't want to do things like that. I don't know why. I just don't. Uh, I'm a type 2 diabetic on insulin, says Hugh. When I started injecting, I was prescribed 12mm needles. I did often get pain, but I've switched to 8mm needles and now rarely experience pain. Yes, I mean, I was on 12mm needles. Now I'm on... So you're on what? 8... Look at this, I have to check the size of the needles. I can't remember what size needles I'm on at the moment. So if I read the blooming thing, blind as a bat. This is a six millimetre needle. And it, But it all depends, and it, you might think that sounds really, really small, but it depends how thin your skin is. If you're really, really fat, then you're going to need a 12 millimetre needle to actually get through the fat to inject it into the right place. If you're a little thin person, yeah, right, like me, six millimetre needle is the one. And, uh, and I, I carry them. I always carry a couple of spares with me. I don't carry loads of needles. I don't walk around like some sort of junkie or something. But I do carry about two or three needles, just in case we need a little shot. He said, uh, anybody with FreeSat can listen to LBC, Or you have to switch the receiver to non-free sat mode. We're all doing FaceTime. So we've all decided we love FaceTime. We love it. As an East Ender moved to Hornchurch... This is Mark. I know the Queen's Theatre well. I emigrated to Melbourne, Aussie land, ten years ago. Just a thought. Convert the old Bentley to LPG. Must have plenty of room in the boot for an LPG tank. LPG costs in the UK price, 30p. Go and convert. I I like petrol. I like spending the huge amounts on petrol. I really do. Do you want to pick them up again and hold them? That just always amuses me when you do that. I love it when people do that. It's just so funny, isn't it? I bought these Satsumas the other day. Because I had a craving. You know, sometimes you get cravings. I don't get cravings very often. But I just wanted an ice cold Satsuma. So I bought two, because it was two packs for three quid. Which is actually good value because the week before they were two packs for four quid. So I felt like I've got a bit of a bargain. And I haven't even owned the things yet. Because I know I'm going to open it, go pfft, like that, and I'm going to end up with Satsuma juice all down my front and everything. It's just going to be such a nuisance. Anyway, later on today, we'll be talking to Billy Crystal for an In Conversation. Plus, in the next hour of the programme, so about ten past six, we'll have a clip of Christopher Biggins. I've got to tell you what he was in to talk about, and then you'll get him in a, probably about a week's time on In Conversation. Plus, the two celebrities who are gracing my studio this week for In Conversation, we'll have clips from them. And you know, this I don't even know who it is. I don't even know who it is. I mean, I've I've closed my eyes. la, 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 la. I don't want to know. So it comes as a big surprise. When I hear the clips today, it'll be the first time. And then I can tell you any little tidbit I think you need to listen out to. I can't remember. Did we do Lily Savage? We do Paul O'Grady last week, didn't we? That was last week. Oh, right. Oh, it's Paul O'Grady this week. I spoke to the producer, she thought it was last week, but there again she had been to the Global Party. And she wasn't exactly compass mentors when I spoke, she'd never compass mentors anyway. So, oh, it's this week, is it, Paul O'Grady? Oh, it's a great interview then. It's a great interview. It really, and Stephen Tomkinson as well. Oh, it's a great interview. It's a fabulous interview. They're both fabulous interviews. I don't do anything but fabulous interviews. So the Billy Crystal one I'm very much looking forward to. Very much looking forward to. Uh, plus, what is good for you? Apart from Christmas cake and, uh, and booze and festivities and snow and sledges and toboggans. Gossip. Gossip is very good for you. Don't look at me like that. It's true. It says here, people who cheat and talking about them or people who fail to pull their weight, let so- society isolate those not playing by the rules. And that's good. Apparently, gossip accounts for up to 90% of everyday conversation. And it's true. Whenever we we chat, we sort of chat about gossipy things, don't we? We go, oh, so-and-so, so-and-so. this." like, no. They go, oh, yes, so-and-so. Oh, no. Can't believe some of it. Sometimes I make gossip up to make myself sound more interesting. But there we go. It's a little bit difficult to improve on perfection, as you probably realise, listening to this programme this morning. It is difficult to try and actually get a better programme at this price range. You know, at this price range, I'm the best available. It's LBC 97.3. It's 5.30. I'm just typing a text to somebody, a friend of mine, and where's that from? A party, and then wait a minute, and then ha 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 for me. Okay, just do that one. Right, send that off to somebody, and uh, <coughs> just like to keep up. Anyway, uh, <coughs> excuse me. Best present, Steve, when I was young: Tippy Tumbles. That was from Rose. Do you remember Tippy Tumbles? This was a doll and she would sit there and all of a sudden she'd flip over. I mean, it's quite clever when you think about it. They, I mean, things like that used to frighten me. So we never had Tippy Tumbles, but we did have Tigger and they've got one upstairs. They've got a bouncing Tigger and, and he also does. He flips over as well. Brian says, I need some face time in the bathroom every morning to make me look alive. Yes, you do need to when you get a bit older, have you noticed it takes a bit more for your face to come alive in the morning. It takes about an hour for my face to settle, as it were, settling being the appropriate word for it, I'm afraid. Uh 84850. steevedlbc.co.uk. Just looking at the long range weather forecast, lots of snow forecasts for Saturday the 15th. Time to get prepared. Well, that's all right because it's only today the uh, 7th. So I don't mind actually snow it doesn't doesn't bother me at all doesn't bother me <laughs> Yeah JK turned up early early only just left us only just left us So I mean do prepare yourselves for the snow to come the snow is definitely just around the corner and you're going to you're going to have to put up with a lot of it don't say we didn't tell you just because I haven't done the weather every morning for the last 2 weeks because I can't be bothered I'm a little bit I'm a little bit, you know, bored with the weather. You look out the window, that's what it's like. It's going to be rainy. It's going to be... Was it? Did we get rain yesterday? Got a little bit of rain, didn't we? I've, I've got this little tiny umbrella. Such a pain to put up. It really is. And then it started playing up, so I might have to start bringing the big umbrella in. Um, and uh, Janet tells me about diclofenic. Uh, it says, uh, some care needs to be taken. It's not a muscle relaxant. It belongs to a group of drugs called NSAIDs. And that's... Uh, which is non-steroidal anti-inflammatory. People on blood pressure med shouldn't take it as they affect how they work. Well, you can only get it on, you can't just buy it over the counter, can you? It's only on prescription, only on prescription. So thank you for that one very much indeed. Little Julie says, I will show Noreen FaceTime when I see her next. She's getting very good with her smartphone now. She'll like FaceTime. FaceTime's very good. It's very good. It's, it's very good for all sorts of people. I love it. I absolutely love it. I think it's it's the best thing ever. You can have so much fun with it. Uh, eight for eight 5, 0. Uh, Janet says uh, great show as usual. You've now changed my sleeping pattern. I've listened from near the start every day this week. And thanks, little Julie, who runs our monthly LBC quiz. Carol and I were joint winners. So there you go. Uh, other stories from the papers today. They're all full of Max Clifford on the front. He's come out. He's given a statement. He says people who actually know me will just tell you this is a load of old rubbish. At least he's uh, come out and and sort of confronted it, really. It was questioned for 13 hours the other day. Plus, now, why did I... I mentioned I was cutting one of the papers earlier on and there was a bit in the paper about (coughs) something I wanted to talk about this morning. I can't remember. Oh, it's Harry Styles in New York and him going out with Taylor Swift. Like, can we just leave him alone? He's not a good-looking bloke. I know all the girls go, poor cool, Harry Styles. And you think, oh, he's nobody special. I mean, I'm, I'm more intrigued by a picture of Demi Moore, who's 50. And doesn't look 50. I mean, all her pictures, she looks very, very good. Uh, that's her daughter. St- Is that her daughter, Stacy? Oh, no, she's got three children. Oh, that's George Clooney's girlfriend, Stacy Keebler. George Clooney's girl. Always I laugh when they go, George Clooney's girlfriend. Because I don't. Th- they don't last but five minutes, do they? They don't laugh. Steve Allen, you're not the best available. You're just the best. Simply the best. Well, at this time of the morning. Uh Brian is all smiles. This is Brian Connolly. He uh he stopped taking his antidepressants, he'd been on for fifteen years, and he said they said if I didn't comply with the regulations I would not be on the show. But he did look happy. He went out to see Bodyguard, the musical. Didn't get great reviews, I'm afraid. In fact it was it was a bit panned. A bit Pat The girl who's the lead was very good. She pitched up on the Royal Variety performance, but the show itself not very good. Uh, a postcard. There's always one, isn't there? This one was written 100 years ago. It's just been delivered. There's always one. Every year, they managed to find a postcard in the papers. And here is one here, and it dropped through Farmer Keith Potter's door this week with a postmark. January the 3rd, 1912. It was addressed to Vida Dole, whose family left the address in 1914. The card, in remarkably good condition, has a black-and-white photo of the fire brigade in Trowbridge in Wiltshire with its horse-drawn carriage. And a pencil message is written on the back from Vida's mother giving her instructions to take a pony and meet her in Chippenham. Keith, who's 65, says, I couldn't believe it when I saw it. Where has it been all these years? Well, it's not been in, affected by damp or anything like that. Isn't that lovely? I like... That's a, it's, that's kind of a good story. That's kind of a good... St- Ooh, lovely food here. Ooh, dear, this looks lovely. And this is um, somebody who's just cooking Christmas dinner by the look of it. Oh, it looks delicious. Oh, God. Because you don't have to have turkey for Christmas. You... um." You, a lot of people having beef this year. And i tell you what's really nice. What's that beef wrapped in, in pastry? Beef Wellington. Oh, delicious. With a lovely jus that goes with it. Oh, love it. Love it completely. A mugger who snatched a 12-year-old boy's mobile phone at knife point has been jailed for five and a half years after the 12-year-old pursued him across the city. Terence Jones pounced... On the lad, as he made his way home from school, he grabbed the boy from behind and snatched the iPhone from his pocket after threatening him with a six-inch knife. But instead of running home to his mum, the boy set off in pursuit, even managing to stop a member of the public, give a description of the mugger and ask for the police to be alerted. Jones eventually escaped the boy's relentless chase by hiding in a garden, but he was followed by a suspicious neighbour when he emerged. Unknown to the robber, the neighbour then tracked him by car and relayed his movements to police as he got on a bus, and he was then caught, and he's now been sent to prison for five and a half years. Yes! Result! How brilliant. Jones comes from Birmingham. And, you know, that's good, isn't it? Five and a half years... Five and a half years for for robbery with a knife. Terence Jones, you plank. They'll be looking forward to seeing you in prison. You know, wonderful. Wonderful. I love it. I love it. You know, so well done to the 12-year-old. There's a woman here who's obsessed with snowmen. Her name is Diane Howes. Diana Howes bought her first snowman 25 years ago. She's now got a 1,000, not 1,000 snowmen, of all shapes and sizes. And why? Because we like snowmen. She says people look at them and they think, I'm mad as a hatter. No, the mad as a hatter is the barking mad woman who comes round Twickenham and Richmond everywhere else. She's, uh, she's, she's not all there, I'm afraid, upstairs. She's got an empty vessel in, in between her ears and she empties all this bird seed down for all the birds. And the birds sit there. They don't even bother flying down to eat the stuff now. It's tonnes of it left rotting on the ground. Why she's never been prosecuted by the police, I've got no idea. Why the council haven't put notices up saying, do not feed birds, you will be prosecuted. I mean, get this whole bag in prison. She drops tonnes of bread, rats are all over the place... Absolutely ghastly. Absolutely ghastly. I am the Keeper of Sinatra's Secrets is the title of a new book, which is called Sinatra and Me. It's by Tony uh, Consiglio and Franz Duski. And he was was his protector. Because, you know, there were all the stories over the years that Sinatra was linked to the mob, that Sinatra was, in fact, a minor mobster, and he'd been linked, and that's how he got all his jobs. The mob went in, they got him into the films, they got him here, they got him there. He was an Italian boy, and they wanted to look after him, and they wanted somebody on the inside. And it was never mentioned with Sinatra. Nobody ever talked about it while he was... Well, they mentioned it while he was alive. Kitty Kelly did a book... And she talked about Frank Sinatra and his links to the mob, because all the hotels were under the protection of the mob, every and they call it the mob. It's, it's all different families, the Gambino family, the Via family, that the family and the, the Godfather, and all that kind of stuff. I find it quite exciting, really. I, I find it quite exciting. I really I don't know why I do, mainly because we've been to the mob museum in Vegas, and it's just a lot of pictures of dead people. That's, <laughs> but it's very good. When I say it's very good, it's, it is very good. Steph in Gravesend says, thanks. Snow on the 15th. Our flights on the 16th to San Francisco. Maybe we should have taken out wedding insurance after all. But hi to my auntie Christine. She, like me, also listens to you every day. She'll be in her car driving to Lambeth for work. Well, this t- was probably yes. she probably yes at this time. So Auntie Christine, she just driven off the road, just crashed into the car in front. Poor soul. <laughs> uh, 84850, stevedlbc.co.uk. Uh, another one here, very quick, let's try and get as many of these in as we can this morning, which I think we'll manage, uh, the weather, oh no, I'm not telling you the weather, am I? I've just decided, I'm definitely not going to tell you, about needles, I was wondering if you ever get stopped going through customs with your needles, especially JFK, says Stephen, a very snowy Bridlington, poor soul, <sighs> snow coming down, uh, no, never get stopped with needles, never get stopped with insulin, because they know what it is, luckily they've, they've, they've uh, identified it now over the years, so you, you never get stopped, and all the needles are protected. You can't get stopped with needles. And I carry them openly. You have to. Uh, my insulin, I've never been stopped. And yet I did get stopped to Heathrow. Went, excuse me, excuse me, what did I have in my bag? A little bottle of water. And of course you can't take water through. You have to buy it on the other side. And I went, oh, God. Because I need water with me all the time. I like to make sure I've got some water with me. Today I've got uh, Satsuma's very nice, isn't it? But uh, I haven't, uh, haven't eaten any. I offered Dave Berry a satsuma. So he didn't want a satsuma earlier. I don't know why, I just didn't want a satsuma. Uh, we're going to be talking about this new film with Billy Crystal a little bit later on this morning. It's a really good film. If it had snow, it'd be a really good Christmas film, but it's what I call a feel-good factor. People talking about Les Miserables, the review, five stars. Five stars. It can only get better. Anne Hathaway and Helena Bonham Carter, Hugh Jackman... Really good, with Isabel Allen. No relation. And Ronnie Stone and Miss Humphreys. Yes, I'll marry him. I'll be his wife and his carer. That's nice, isn't it? So there you go, Ronnie, you're, you're set for... I mean, really, I mean, you have to look at his face and realise you look that haggard. The body can only look worse, can't it? Starbucks are going to give the tax man 20 million quid after a public outcry. I think, to be honest... They had to do that to do damage limitation before customers deserted them so much the profits were hit. I mean, we know it's very tough for them at the moment because they don't make any profit because they sell their own coffee back to themselves and via Switzerland and Harwich and the Moon and God knows where else, the Black Forest or something. And eventually uh, it turns out the Starbucks make no no profit, no money. There is no money to hand over to the taxman. But they've decided they will hand the taxman £20 million, which is apparently more than they should be paying. Uh, they, they say it doesn't matter even if we report a profit. Well, you've not reported one up until now. I see no reason why. Some people will always desert you. and uh, They will never, ever go back. We just have to, to wait and see. But At least you've done something, but you should have done it years ago. You should have done it years ago. I know it's legal, and I know that people go, Ooh, still, it, it doesn't bother people who drink in Starbucks. They couldn't care less that a cup of coffee costs uh, you know almost the equivalent to gold, I'm afraid. Uh, Talking at the paper today... About uh, an interview with George Osborne, which was done with somebody called Ivan uh, Davis, who pops up, I think. Ivan is on the... Is he do Dragon's I don't know who he is. Who is he? I don't know who he is. I'm terribly sorry. There's no point mentioning him at all now. Uh, pregnant Kate has left hospital. Big smiles. Again, doesn't matter what she wears. She just looks lovely, doesn't she? She just looks lo- They just look like such a nice couple. I don't care what anybody says. Nothing is going to sway me on that one, I have to tell you. And very sad to hear from Hollywood, I'm afraid, that there's been a bit of squabbling going on, it's over somebody's will, and we had it before. I'll tell you who the squabbling is over in a moment. I can tell you, though, if you've just woken up or you're just heading off for work. Come on, come on, come on, come on. 16 minutes to six. (laughs) News headlines with Dan Whitehead. It's reported 200 jobs could go after a... Allen certainly is. My friend Gary Spencer celebrated his 50th birthday the other day. Uh, Gary's another one. So, David and Orlando will know Gary Spencer because they both worked at the Hippodrome. Gary was on the door. He's, uh, he's a model and a musician. And he had all sorts of people there to celebrate. So, that was, what's the day, the 7th? So, he was doing yesterday in a, And he, he sent me an invite to go to his birthday party at, uh, at 10 pm. Well, I'm here. I couldn't quite make it. But uh, we've got a lovely picture of Gary Spencer. So, uh, happy birthday to him for the other day. Somebody called uh, Ninarottam wakes up and uh, listens to this programme every day. Says, I chuckle out loud. That'll have you put away. Uh, Shirley and Brian are from Bovingdon in Hertfordshire and wish me a very happy and healthy 2013. Yes, the healthy bit would be quite useful. And from Stephen Potter's Bar as well. A lovely picture of a little bit of water and snow. And you can't beat the combination, as far as I'm concerned. So, who is this fight going on? A showbiz fight in America. It happened... (coughs) Excuse me. I do apologise. Some years ago, over the will of uh, one particular actor. He left £60 million, Michael Landon, who was in Little House on the Prairie and did Highway to Heaven and loads of other things. A very successful man. And, in fact, I think he, he produced... The Little House on the Prairie programme, which was about Laura Ingalls, one of his daughters. Very, very good. Always a good Sunday afternoon watch. Anyway, he left £60 million in his will. And when he died, he left so much to each of his children and the bulk to his wife. And the kids took it to court. They wanted more. And that was a sad thing. And it's happening again. Paul Newman's five daughters are squabbling over his, over their father's fortune. Uh, he has five. When he died... In It was four years ago he died now. You can't believe it, can you? 2008, he was 83. The siblings, who range in age from 47 to 59, each received five million dollars. That's what they got. Five. They didn't contribute to it. They were just the offspring of Paul Newman and his wife, Joanne Woodward. The bulk of the estate was left to Joanne, quite clearly. So the kids get five million pounds each. More than enough than enough. But greedy old bags that they are, ladies and gentlemen, they've decided, because Joanne is now said to be suffering from Alzheimer's, and they're a little bit worried <coughs> that in her confused state, <coughs> she will leave it to charity. So, in other words, they don't want it left to charity, the greedy old bags that they are, they want it. They want to get their filthy mitts on it, and so they're, they're, they're actually going to court to make sure that they can take away control of the remaining amount of money (coughs) so that they get it and it doesn't go to charity. Isn't that just the most despicable thing you've ever heard? That uh, somebody has an amount of money in their will, they leave it. You know, it'd be like me, you know, being challenged in my will. I leave so much to my brother, so much to here and there, and somebody challenges it and goes, well, actually, I want a bit more. (coughs) You go, I don't want you to have any more. I've I've told you what you're getting. You wish you could come back down. If Paul Newman's sitting up there on his little cloud, it'll be a fairly big cloud to be full of surrounded by Hollywood legends, he's going to come down and go, right, bolt of lightning for you. Gone. Gone. Take them all out. Just get rid of them. Because it's it's dreadful. Whatever his wife wants to do, whether she's got Alzheimer's or not, it's her money. She can do with it what she wants. But they're so greedy that they want a bit more of it. So shame on them. Absolute... Oh, my God. Who's this? It's John Travolta. Olivia, and Olivia Newton-John, and they go together like Ramadan and whatever it is. And uh, Danny and Sandy, Sandy, and so here is John Travolta, and they've recreated some of the dance moves. I got chills; they're multiplying, and I'm losing control because the power you're buying—it's electrified, electrified. You better shape up, you know. And then we go into it. But they're still doing it now at the age of whatever they are. It's good. He's fifty-eight. He's uh, swapped his slick back hair for what some describe as a really bad toupee, and other people say it's the slicked-back, shorter look. And she looks as amazing as ever. And she's 64. So, mind you, Biggins told me he was 64 the other day. He, didn't look, he does not look it. He does not look it. He was really good. He was really good. I'll tell you the reason he's actually... Well, in fact, he'll actually tell you the reason he's, he's coming in to have a little chat to us, which is good. And then you'll be hearing a little bit of Paul O'Grady who is this week's In Conversation, and Stephen Tomkinson. Wow. Who did we have last week on In Conversation? I can't remember, actually, who it was. I can't remember who went out. I always lose these. Catherine Jenkins and Jason Fleming. Oh, that's right. Catherine Jenkins and Jason Fleming. How lovely. Oh, that was lovely. But this week, Paul O'Grady and Stephen Tomkinson. Stephen, who's doing Spamalot, down at the Embankment, and Paul, who's doing this huge huge pantomime, Aladdin down at the O2, vast, vast, and we'll also have a clip of Biggins, and Biggins as ever. We don't have a clip of Biggins. Oh, right, oh, right, oh, I thought we were going to have a clip of Biggins. Oh, never mind, oh, I'm a bit disappointed. Have we not got a run-through of what he's doing? Oh, right, she promised we were going to have a clip of Biggins. I said to her yesterday, I said the last thing I said to her, no, the second-to-last thing I said to her was, that uh, she have a clip of Biggins? Oh, yes, that'll be good, she said. Pfft, <laughs> well... Obviously not. Obviously not. Uh, 84850, steve at LBC.co.uk. Uh I forgot to mention that Michelle Collins of Corrie and EastEnders fame will be switching on the East Finchley Festival lights at 4pm tomorrow. Thank you, Stan. So, Michelle Collins. Have a nice time, Michelle. Which is good. Um, uh, I think it's great that the idiotic cowardly bloke with a knife who mugged the boy uh, got caught... Yes, I, I agree. He pursued him. At 12, you're not in my phone. Not in my phone. So he followed him all over, which is, in, which is brilliant. Bridget says, David's in Paris, seeing seven circuses over the weekend. No doubt you were reading reviews of them in the next King Bowl. Thank you. And uh, after you've de- after you reviewed the Royal Variety, I decided to watch, but it was disappointing, apart from David Walliams and a few others. I thought it was weak, says Jackie. Oh, right. Oh, right. Apparently, Diclofenic, you can buy over the counter. It's got another name, Voltarol. Voltarol. Oh, right. Oh, I shall have to check with Mr Shah on that one. He's he's my guru at goods. He knows all about these sort of things. I didn't know you could buy... You got that. But I, I, perhaps Dick Lefenec is the stronger one, because that's only prescription. I'm pretty certain... Well, I'm, I know it's prescription, because I have it. Uh, <clears throat> no, you're getting a bit mixed up with Paul Newman and somebody else. It's completely different. Uh, Paul Newman's wife is very much alive. Very much alive. Uh, Nothing like the smell of the apple and cherry logs in the morning, says Jackie, in the log burner. Better than central heating. Only two more sleeps until the Steve Allen Christmas lunch. Happy Hanukkah to Sheila and Raymond Feinsilver and family. And James Max for sunset on the 8th of December until the 16th of December. James Max, honestly. He was at the party. Dancing around. Oh, some very embarrassing dancing videos doing the rounds. Oh, goodness sake. I mean, honestly, our boss was dancing maybe not again, and a few other people. If you can't dance, don't dance is my, is my methodology, I'm afraid. Uh, here's the uh, story of the paper today of all of them. This is the, uh, the dot on a map of London. It's all the bombs that fell on London during the Blitz, and they were all over the place. It's told in storybooks. It's an interactive map. And you need to see it. I'll give you the the website address, because it's amazing. I mean, there was no area that didn't receive bombs. Many, many, many bombs. It's of interest to everybody, this, especially to you, the public, because many of you lived through it, and you'd like to see it. It's on this website, www.bombsite.org. OK? Bombsite.org, preceded by www. So check it out. Because you'd be amazed. If you went through the war, you'll be saying, Good grief, we knew that there was lots of bombs. Oh, good news. For Cliff Richard fans. His tickets have gone on sale. The tickets for the Rolling Stones, you remember, 950 pounds. For Cliff Richard, forty five quid, lady. Forty five quid. But for ninety quid you can have um, a a top hospitality package. And that'll give you a little bit of food and some, uh, some sandwiches. 90 quid, love. All right? 90 quid for... You can find me out in the country. I'm a bachelor boy. And uh, things like that. All with Cliff Richard. So it won't break the bank. Mid-price tickets for him are 60 quid. And for 90 quid, you get uh, £90 champagne. And, uh, and you get a bit of a nibble. I think it's quite reasonable for a nibble, don't you? For £90 of Cliff Richard, you know, champagne and nibble before the show. And he comes in and sings, you know, she's such a devil woman. We're all going on a summer holiday. I think that's good value for Cliff Richard. Very good. You look lovely today. Very good value. Uh, £90. But he, he says here, I want, you know, people to come out and enjoy the show. He's done a whole string of dates. He shows no sign of slowing down at all. He's 72 72, it's not bad, although well, I told somebody the other day that Priscilla Presley was sixty, sixty-seven. 67, and in fact I told Biggins, he went, 67? I said, yeah, he said, she looks amazing, and she does, there's no doubt about it, she looks absolutely fantastic, I mean I look good for coming up 42, I think I look really good, very smooth skin, not much hair, but I mean who cares, doesn't bother me, I'm not particularly bothered about hair actually, yeah. Whether you've got a little bit or a lot, it makes no difference at all. doesn't affect your, uh, your intellect or your virility. <laughs> Sorry, I'll be all right in the morning. Don't worry about me. And, uh, oh, look, is it Liberace? No, it's Michael Douglas, who is playing Liberace in a biopic. He's appearing alongside Matt Damon, who will be playing Liberace's former lover, Scott Thorson. And the film is uh, called Behind the Candelabra. It is supposed to show the behind-the-scenes and the later years of the star's life as he sought to suppress claims of his of his homosexuality because they always denied it with Liberace. His manager, Seymour Heller, denied it even after he died. They denied that he was gay. He did, You know, Liberace's book, his autobiography, talked about all the girls he'd picked up. But as Scott Forson wrote in his book, every time Liberace mentioned girl, substitute boy. It was a lot simpler that way. Sadly, the Liberace Museum does not exist... Anymore, All the stuff has gone into storage and yet the buildings are still there with Liberace written all over them. It was uh, quite sad. I was there the day before it closed in Vegas a few years ago. Such a shame. The stuff should be on display in uh, in big hotels. News is next. On FM Online. Morning. So to come in this part of the programme we've got uh, a couple of little clips from this week's In Conversation with Paul O'Grady And with Stephen Tomkinson. Yeah. Now, the reason Biggins is coming in, the reason we haven't got a clip of him, is because we just haven't, but uh, we will have it in conversation. This coming Tuesday, Mr Kipling are putting in, around the country, 500, count them, 500 vending machines with Christmas cake in. Now, the good news is that they'll be spread over London, they'll be spread over the country, and there's no charge. Every time you push the button, they will deliver a piece of Christmas cake to you in the vending machine. And it will play a Christmas carol sung by and played by the Salvation Army. And for every piece of Christmas cake that is taken out of the machine, they will make a donation to the Salvation Army for Christmas, which is nice. So these vending machines go in, I think, starting next Tuesday, Next Tuesday, I think, these vending machines go in. And you'll have to find out where they are. I don't have a list of of where they are. They're just all over the place. If the company send me a list before Tuesday, I'll tell you so you can get down there. I know they're going to have a ceremony. I know one of them is in Tottenham Court Road. That's all I know. And so it'll be free Christmas cake. And each vending machine, it'll be in for two weeks, will have 500 pieces a day. 500 pieces of cake to go in a day. So you'll be able to operate the machine 500 times. Sounds wonderful, doesn't it? 500 bits of Christmas cake, eh? Go and get yourself a nice cup of tea. I had a cup of tea this morning. I was very happy with it. And um, and then you can have your bit of Christmas cake. So I know that there's going to be one in Tottenham Court Road. Where, I don't know. And I think Biggins is going to that on Tuesday. So that's why I mention it, because that's what he was in to talk about. When we talk about pantomime, we talk about just about everything. We talk about everything. It's it's a bit of a serious conversation. It's a bit of a laugh. In fact, actually, in our guests this week, there's a lot of laughs as well. Uh, Mainly because one of them I'd always wanted to talk to, Stephen Tomkinson, who's about six foot six. He's enormous, and he's very smartly dressed. Very, very smartly dressed. And uh, he, I suppose, became a household name by playing the mercenary reporter in the comedy series Drop the Dead Donkey. Look at this scurrilous foreign correspondent called Damien Day. And uh, and how you know he, he used to travel around with his own teddy bear and sure. bloodstained plimsoll in order to get these very heartwarming reports. <laughs> the funny thing was, it was it was it was so right, wasn't it? People do look for that kind of thing. And yeah, i have having worked in a newsroom for years and years, and worked at ITN and everything. That they they talked in the early days of ITN. So bring people up would have been the interesting thing. There you go. More of that interview with Stephen Tomkinson who's currently down in Spamalot at the Playhouse Theatre, and also a familiar face from my past, also joined us and will be joining us for In Conversation this week. It's the one and only Paul O'Grady, and he reminded me of this gem from days gone by. Do you remember that time we worked in a place in yes, Camden? Yes, I reminded somebody the other day. And the management said, oh, I haven't got the money and to pay us, to pay me and Steve, and I said, oh, hasn't he now? And I went down in full Lily regalia. <laughs> And had him against said, the wall. Said, we aren't going to get paid, Paul, he said. You leave it to me. <laughs> and off he went. He said, Stephen, I want our money. <laughs> and got I it. remember that. And got it off him. Certainly did. Certainly did. You know, that boy is so successful. He's on part three of his autobiography. He's sold more copies. He, he puts all the rest of them to shame. He puts the rest of them to shame. This time, he's, uh, he's being honest. He's talking about places he's worked at before. They're all very honest, and hes you won't find anybody more honest or more hard-working uh, than Paul O'Grady. So this weekend, Paul O'Grady and Stephen Tomkinson in conversation. One we'll of the best of Steve Allen as well. So it starts at five in the morning. If you can't make it, and I appreciate some of you can't, then I expect you to podcast, please, because I need the figures. The more of you podcast the happier it is. The happier the management are, the happier I am. The more of you download everything, the happier everybody is. So if you go to lbc.co.uk, you can learn how to podcast from as little as £2 a month, you can download everything. And you should you should do it. You should do it, because it will change your life. You know, we've got lots of people who listen within the business, and lots of, lots of nice people. Sometimes not always nice people, but there again, you can't have everything, can you? So you have, to, uh, you have to make sure that you go and download. So for this weekend, and I expect you to listen live to Paul O'Grady and Stephen Tompkinson. It's a really good interview. Very good. And I'm hoping the Billy Crystal one today will be equally as good. Equally as good. Uh, you've really got to wrap up. They reckon this beast from the East is going to roar in over this weekend and it's going to catch you unawares. My advice is, if you don't have gloves or you don't have a scarf... I saw somebody the other day getting on a tube train in a pair of shorts... I mean, I ask you, uh, we know there's some thick people out there. God knows there's some thick people in London. Probably thick people listening to this programme, I shouldn't wonder, at the time. Or fat people, as we prefer to call them. We don't like to call them thick anymore, they're just fat. And these people out there in shorts. There was a woman walking through Kingston Market yesterday. She was as big as two whales, and she had camouflage trousers on. She had the biggest bum I've ever seen in my life. Because they've got this sausage stall in the middle of Kingston Market, and I do like a bit of bratwurst. I do like Käsevorscht as well. I mean, this is the sausage with the cheese in it. And I do like these things. I really like these things. So I had one yesterday and happily wandered around eating it. And then went and bought a pillow in John Lewis. And then I went home and then I'd wander through the town, chatted to a load of people. And the flowers today, remember I told you, our miserable council in Twickenham, God knows they're miserable old so-and-sos, Bar Humbug, they've got this fantastic display outside of the greengrocer's, Sandy's, of plants and troughs with everything in. They go, kind of, take it away, they've gone, take it away, because they're like that in the council. They're the biggest bunch of scrooges. I wish them all a sickeningly awful Christmas. Horrible people. Let's not put lights up this year. We'll just put some trees up, shall we? They're a little bit like that. Horrible people. As so they're going round, they're, they're, they're sort of clearing up all the street furniture. You know, and yet we've got the biggest proliferation of blooming coffee shops, charity shops and crap food that you can ever find anywhere, and I apologise for getting angry. But the good news is that the flowers outside Sandy's are going up to Brinsworth, just up the road. They're taking it up to Brinsworth. They will get the benefit because the Scrooges on the Twickenham and Marishy Council are so vile. They don't want anybody to have any fun anymore. Miserable bunches, so-and-sos. And so the flowers are going up to Brinsworth... And as you know, that's the uh, home for retired variety artists and people in show business. Lots of famous people uh, have been in Brinsworth. It's a marvellous, marvellous place. And in fact, actually, they've got their party tomorrow. Their party, the Brinsworth Christmas Party is up there. And I can't make it tomorrow, otherwise I would have gone. But I wish them all the very best of luck. So the flowers are going up there. Uh, There's lots of famous people. All the money from the Royal Variety goes up there. Simon Cowell gives a lot of money to Brinsworth. A lot of money. Money from the phone lines goes up there. And they look after people who've fallen on hard times. It's a lovely, lovely place. And all the staff are up there. And they work very, very hard indeed. And they give a lot of their time. And they love it as much. Because you're looking after people who... Many of them were household names... Don't recognise all of them, but there's some very big names up there at Brinsworth. So they get the beautiful flowers from Sandys and the little things like that. And so well done. And these horrible, horrible, nasty little people on the council at Richmond and Twickenham. I hope you have a vile Christmas. Horrible people. What a bunch of old miseries, honestly. So, anyway, I hope the uh, weather freezes your pipes. And you don't get any hot water over Christmas. There you go. Might as well have said it. Who cares? And uh, how can you serve up a Christmas feast for £2.51 a person? Answer, shop around either in Asda, Aldi, Sainsbury's. Cheapest uh, puff pastry mince pies in Sainsbury's. that come in at 63 pence. Carrots in Morrison's, 55 pence. Uh, Aldi sprouts, 78. Lidl potatoes, 179. Brandy butter in Morrison's is a quid. And uh, frozen turkey in Lidl is £9.99. I don't think it's eaten very much for nine ninety nine, is it? Because a friend of mine's buying a turkey, which will serve eight, and she's paying £51. But it's a, it's a proper turkey. Proper, proper turkey. LBC 97.3. When you're homeless at Christmas. 97.3. And with Nick this morning, former soldiers who are going to be sent into classrooms to instil discipline and raise results among troubled youngsters. Nick will be talking to General Lord Richard Dannett former chief of the general staff, and asking, should this be rolled out to mainstream schools? Plus the latest on the arrest of PR guru Max Clifford. Nick talking to the Aussie who was stabbed protecting women in a bus attack, who's now been told to leave for the UK. And the papers this morning with Rupert Gavin, who's the chief executive of Odeon Cinemas. All of that and more with Nick Ferrari. That's it. They're also going to be talking about Max Clifford on Susan Bookbinder's early Early news programme this morning. It's interesting, who do you talk to about Max Clifford? I mean, he's like top of the game, isn't he? Who else are they going to talk to? Today they talked to Ian Bloom, a media lawyer and consultant at Ross & Craig Solicitors. Uh, Plus health, mortgages, banks, all of that and more. And good news for my friend Alexander Bermange, who has uh, been invited by Kevin Spacey, no less, to be part of the writing team for the 24-hour musicals at the Old Vic in London's West End this Sunday <clears throat> the evening will be hosted by the fabulous Matt Lucas, introduced by Kevin Spacey. Jeff Goldblum will be making a special appearance. Blimey. Uh, cast members confirmed include, wait for this, Richard Fleishman, uh, Tracy Bennett, Hayden Gwynn, Anthony Head, Celia Imrie, Catherine Kingsley, Laura Michelle Kelly, Colin Morgan, Con O'Neill, Nigel Planer, Anne Reid, Sharon Small, Mira Al. Luke Treadway and many many other names in there as well. So good luck for them all, and that's down at the Old Vic Theatre on Sunday. So it's creating a musical in 24 hours. How wonderful! And uh, also his seasonal offering this year, this is Alexander's, is Beauty and the Beast at the Radlett Centre, which includes a new specially written song of mine called "A Bigger Part," a family-friendly musical. So good luck to him for that. Also, good luck to Mark Ovenden. His book, which I mentioned earlier on, is a celebration uh, from Penguin called London Underground by Design. It's a beautiful book. If you have any interest... Oh, good Lord, I don't recognise that station there. Where is that? <gasps> good Lord, I do recognise it. These are some of the old underground stations. The um, oh, so much work gone into this. If you're a lover of trains, and next year we celebrate London Underground, the first... The world's first underground railway. 150 years old. And this book is to celebrate. It comes out in January. It's not available now. 31st of January. I've been sent an advance copy. London Underground by Design. And uh, you'll love it. When I say you'll love it, it's got, oh, some beautiful... it bring back some memories for you. And I know there's a lot of train spotters and train lovers listening. It's got maps, photographs. It's got uh, architecture and design. What's some of the original posters look like. It's a a work of love. It really is. It's absolutely beautiful. And I only mention it because Mark Ovenden used to produce my programme many, many years ago. Probably about seven, eight, nine, about eight years ago, something like that. So London Underground by design. (coughs) You can probably pre-order it. It's uh, published by Penguin, written by Mark Ovenden, and it's priced at, I have no idea. I can't, oh, £20. £20. But uh, Mark is the author of Paris Metro Style, Great Railway Maps of the World and the best-selling Metro Maps of the World, which has actually gained cult status. He's a fellow of the Royal Geographic Society and lives in London. Lives uh, in London. It's, 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 I can't tell you where he lives, but he's managed to get a really good deal. But it's a super book, London Underground by Design. Quickly, let's have a look finally on the programme this morning at the front pages of the papers. These are the stories you're waking up to, and this includes Marge at Lee Barn Stables. Morning, Marge. No hot water bottle, but at least lots of thoughts and love sent to you this morning. I know it's bitterly cold out there, but this weekend, awful, awful weather. They've said, I'm hoping it's not going to be that bad over the weekend, but they've said on the front of the Daily Express... Winter is bracing, Britain is bracing itself for the coldest winter in 20 years next week when the beast from the east roars in from Siberia. Minus 15. It'll make us colder than the North Pole. <gasps> Not the North Pole, Steve. Yes. Uh, Prince Charles just can't wait to be a grandfather. Pregnant Kate leaving hospital. Big smile. No makeup and still very pretty. Unbelievable. Now Kiss and Tell King Max Clifford is arrested over these sex assault claims. He has said, and I quote, anybody who knows me knows that this is unfounded. Because, as we've said at the beginning of the programme, you need to listen back to the beginning of the programme to realise exactly where we're coming from with all these stories. There might be people with a grudge. There can be all people who've just made up a story. People who've gone, oh, yes, that's that and that's this. And they look at it and go, OK, well, we'll, we'll interview him. So they interview him. No charges but he's been quizzed over the sex abuse claims going back, I think, 30 to 40 years ago. Uh, then there's the wife on the front of the mail this morning of a desperately ill musician who's won her fight to force the hospital to keep treating him. Doctors had wanted to withhold potentially life-saving care for David James, 68, but a senior judge overruled them, saying they'd failed to fully credit the importance of his continued existence. Isn't that amazing? Mirror this morning, uh, the uh, the beast... Of a weather which is rolling in, which is going to hit all of us. Max Clifford becoming the fifth celebrity to be quizzed by police. Uh, That's also the front page of the Sun as well. And Charles, excuse me, hailing the military heroes on pages four, five, six, and seven on the Sun today with uh, various other people. Here's the uh, a man here who offered scholarships on the front of the Independent for sex and says he has top secret access at the MOD. The double life of an IT consultant. A fascinating story, I'm sure you will agree. Front of the Times, Les Mis, the verdict. Everybody, as far as I can see, has raved over Les Miserables. They say it's the best thing. Biggins went to see it because we had the premiere in Leicester Square the night before. And I said, what's it like? He said, it's fantastic. Fantastic. So if he says it's fantastic, he's very good. He's in pantomime down in Plymouth this year. Kate goes home for Christmas with a lovely bunch of yellow... Could be all sorts: it like roses or freesias, or so. I saw some lovely freesias the other day. And bad news that if you're a rail traveller, ten percent fare rise. We never win, do we? We always suffer, I'm afraid. And uh, an efficient office is one that is run by gossip, ladies and gentlemen. People like gossip, and the reason people like gossip it gets you gets your adrenaline. I mean, there's been more gossip. In this office, over the last 48 hours and any time I've ever remembered, all sorts of exciting things have happened. I've loved every minute of it. We had a celebrity guest in the studio watching this morning because he wanted to come in and see the programme. And so he sat in here, which was very nice. So we enjoyed that. And, er, interesting outfit. And, er, not appropriate for this time of year, but there you go. It'll do, I suppose. Really you need a scarf and a hat, I think, on in this shit. It's so cold in here this morning, but I don't care. It's Friday. I'm going to be talking to Billy Crystal in a few hours' time, and that will make my weekend. So I should go and uh, sort that out. Don't forget, if you go to the LBC website, you can learn all about podcasting. All about... Thank you. All about podcasting. It's lovely, that. Have you ever had that done? Uh, It's really, no, it's lovely. Really is lovely. I've had it done many times. It's, uh, where was I? Oh, yes. So we've got the podcasting on the LBC website, lbc.co.uk. And then we'll have a free podcast for you up a little bit later on, within about half an hour, which is very good, very funny. Even I haven't done it yet, I'm, I'm telling you now, it'll be hilariously funny. Most of these things are. And you can download this programme as well. And on Sunday morning, between five and six, it's the best of Steve Allen. <coughs> Excuse me for this week, which, surprisingly, people still download, which is good, saying you must have downloaded it from the week, but you get it all encapsulated a little bit better. And our two special In Conversation guests this week, talking to me exclusively, Stephen Tomkinson, who'll chat about his time in Spamalot, which he's in at the moment, and uh, is thoroughly enjoying it, and Paul O'Grady. Yes, Lily Savage has been resurrected and is down at the O2 in Aladdin. And we've got so it's a really, really good chat. So I hope you uh, enjoy that on <coughs> excuse me, Sunday morning. Have a great weekend, everybody. Look forward to joining you on Sunday morning and then back on Monday morning for more of the same. Nick and the team with you at 7 after the news at 6.30 with the morning news. Susan Bookbinder. LBC.